Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of the Bachelor News Radio Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network, IBM TV, Big Mind Entertainment, WCOM. We're all over the place. Uh, WCOM in Chapel Hill. Uh, I'm L.A. Bachelor, your host. We thank you for joining us wherever you're listening. We appreciate you. You did not have uh, have to check in with us, but we appreciate that you did. Um, 646-929-0130 is the number to get in touch with us. Our chat room is open if you're listening online on blogtalk.com um, uh, forward slash LA hyphen bachelor. You can uh, chime in in the chat room with your questions and comments. Also on Facebook at Pad Nation and Twitter, Pad Nation 2, Instagram at LA Bachelor. Lots of ways to get in touch with our guests which I will introduce right now as we continue our discussion on black love and relationships and marriage and how do we make them last and work in our community, hetero, same sex, doesn't matter. We keep it on the black, at least in this program, and I, I definitely want to delve into it with my distinguished guests. Yanni Knox is a licensed therapist and life coach. Uh, Tanisha Hooks is a licensed mental health 
therapist, and Lakeisha Lewis Vick is a licensed professional counselor. Thank you, ladies, for coming on once again. Appreciate you. And you might be able to say something if I turn your mics on. There we go. Um, <laughs> thanks for thanks for coming on. Thank you. Uh, excuse me. I, I do a, a 4.30 show, and I'm going to have to get ready for this one. So a 4.30 TV-type broadcast, I didn't have to do this one, so I'm all over the place. I uh, appreciate your patience. Um, Tanisha, you weren't here last week, but I want to get your um, response to some of the questions from last week. We were just talking about dating and, you know, um, some of the good signs, some of the things you bring to the table, all of those great characteristics and and tips that um, Lakeisha and Yanni gave us last week. So I want to get to some of the other questions uh, real quick if we can and then go into marriage. Um, This one came in. It said... um, Let's see here. Nope, I don't want to go to that one. Oh, <laughs> well, no. I, I'm. Why do black women allow? Wait a minute. Why do black women allow ain't? I guess S H I T men access to their room before marriage. Hey, I mean, Tanisha, in, in that vein, I'll let you go first. Why? Why do you? Uh, how do you answer that question? Yeah, throw her right. I don't, in the I don't, right. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna just jump in. Listen, I don't think that black women. Here's the, here's the reality. No one actually gets with someone and be like, oh, they ain't crap. I'm gonna rub them anyway. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works, right? What what typically happens is that most of us women are nurturers, right? We are nurturers. So we see potential. Okay? That's the problem. It's not that you they're being with the person that ain't nothing, it's that they see the potential in that person. And so they figure, man, if I just be strong for them, if I be there for them, if I be that ride or die, you know, if I support them, you know, I help them see their potential. So that's really kind of what that, that's about. It's not just a choosing to say, oh, I know he ain't crap, so I'm going to be with him. It's because she's looking, instead of looking, you have to change the thing. You have to look at what a person is currently doing. Someone told me potential is nothing, okay? It's nothing. Mm-hmm. You have to look at what that person is currently doing in their life, how they're moving. And then, you know, that's what you choose to be with. You can't look at that potential. A lot of, a lot of people got potential. That moms on the street that have a lot of potential, but unfortunately, just the circumstances that they're in. So that's what the issue is with women. Instead of taking a man for what he is and saying, okay, you know what, he ain't got this, 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 and this, and him being like, baby, you know, I'm, I'm going to get it, so I'm going to get it. And at some point in your life, you got to be like, yeah, you got you to be realistic on some things. It's like certain things, you know, car, roof over your head, the ability to take care of yourself. If you ain't got it in certain age, you just don't got it, and a woman got to stop looking at that potential. So that's what mm. that is. It's not that they're choosing to be with ain't nothing. Mm. Yeah, and just uh, real quick, um, we're getting, I don't know if it, you sound a little muffled too, Tanisha. I don't know if you can kind of fix that if you're on a, a headset or something along those lines. It, it yeah, that's much much better, much better, much better. Uh, we heard it. I just want to make sure you're clear as possible so people can hear what you're, what you're conveying. Uh, same question to you, Lakeisha. Um, I, I totally agree with uh, Tanisha, and I want to kind of hit on the point of 
because uh, I talk about this with many people in their relationships, is this concept of ride or die. Mm. That that makes absolutely a limited amount of sense. Because mm-hmm. when you're dating, you haven't made any vows to anybody. So mm. what are you riding for? What are you dying for? When yeah, you decide to make vows with somebody, that says through sickness and health. That doesn't mean I'm going to support your gaming habits or what other mm. habit you may have where you're not going outside and providing because a relationship involves a team. And if one member of that team sits down, then that whole team is slowed down if not stopped. So to to get past that ride-or-die mentality, if that person's not putting in what their best is, whatever that is, then why, mm-hmm. why are you allowing them to be your teammate? Because they're slowing you down. And in the end, if it all does fall apart, there's going to be frustration. And then if it lingers on for a long time, uh, it's going to also be frustration because you're going to look at, well, dang, I could have been this much farther and completed these tasks or these goals, and I didn't because I had this extra weight of a person. Mm-hmm. And let's just be honest, usually I ain't nothing men because I'm not going to use the F word. Uh, there's mm-hmm. also ain't nothing women. They right. usually, um, in my in my life experience with dealing with folks in relationships like this, they're usually very fertile because they don't have a lot of other stuff going on. And so you have to look at people are producing other little people, and this person is already not trying to carry their own weight. That's even that much more weight on you. Why put yourself in a position where you're starting out farther back from the start line? Mm. Uh, Yanni, I wish I had my uh, applause button, by the way, but uh, <laughs> when you said women too, but uh, Yanni, go ahead. Okay, so I do want to ask the question, why do we have to ride or die? Can we ride and thrive? Can can we do that? Yeah. I mean, because that. ride or die is, is so sad to me. Okay, so on the point, I feel like that before, when you're dating, you have to look at the person and you have to look at yourself and think about what you saw growing up love in your life. If your parents, were they loving? Did they break up? Did they have divorce? And then you have to deal with those questions about yourself. Well, what is it that I liked about their relationship and seek that in yours? Now, you have to have these questions, your your non-negotiables, the things that you will not accept. If you don't have those set up when you start dating, you're going to get somebody that's not anything, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because you have no standards yep. set. You have to look at you, you have to look at your siblings' relationship, what you saw, what you liked, what you didn't like, and you have to add that to your list of things that you're willing to accept in your relationship. Otherwise, yeah, if you have no template, no guidelines, you are going to find somebody that's going to smooth talk the ever-loving whatever out of you. And that's Mm -hmm. the truth. Mm. So I think it's a matter of finding yourself first and finding out what you like, because if you don't, you are going to find that person that's going to use you for everything you got. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these questions uh, obviously are coming um, from men. I encourage uh, mm-hmm. the, the brothers to call in as well, the 646-929-0130. Uh, question, why do, and he should have put, some black women refuse to Yeah, listen, I hate that generalization. Right, right. Listen to us when we tell them we value them more in their natural state. No fake eyelashes, weaves, 
uh, butt injections, he said, and loads of makeup. Uh, Lakeisha, you could take that. Okay. I'm great. Thanks. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) Well, you have to look at that person has to accept where they are. Maybe they are not comfortable in their natural state, meaning no relaxers, um, either afros, locks, whatever. Um, maybe they're not comfortable with uh, certain skin conditions, and therefore that's why they may wear makeup um, or do other things to accentuate their beauty. So the thing is, when you find someone, even you as that person saying, hey, I prefer a person that's as natural as possible, you would have to accept them where they are. If they're not comfortable right. with that, maybe that's, that's where they are. If they don't want to do that, some mm-hmm. people, I have friends that I've known for a long time, I've never seen them without makeup. If they took their makeup off and went missing, I wouldn't know what they look like. Mm. And so mm-hmm. you have to accept that person in in their own space. If that person vibes with you and connects with you on a level that's a deep one, like a, a, a spiritual level, why can you not just look past with their preferences there? Why is that? Why would that be a deal breaker? Well, is that, mm-hmm. it, it's a follow up, and uh, Yoni, you can go next. But but to add to that question, is it a form of, in some cases, insecurity as well? And and some some people mm-hmm. I've even had that conversation uh, with. Uh, said that some women this came from another woman so some women maybe want to they they have a complex a black complex they not probably be black they want to look white you know you look at uh i guess they mentioned um little kim and see michael jackson bleached his face and is that part of it as well yarny um ooh, okay so when we generalize <laughs> we leave a lot of room for error. Right. There okay. are some people who possibly do have that, you know, complex and they want to be as light as possible, you know, the brown bag test, all of that stuff. But sure. I feel like for the question that was asked originally, um, mm-hmm. why won't women listen to brothers when they say they want natural women? Because there's five other brothers saying they want a woman that's made up, done up to the knives with hair down to their butt. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I feel like people should Seek out what it is that they want instead of trying to change somebody that they desire. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be a better um, outcome if they sought them out the way that they want. If they're seeking a natural sister, they need to find a natural sister, not take a sister that's into the perms and into all of that to say, hey, you need to go natural. you asking her to, you know, to come out of her safe space. Now, she might. Mm-hmm. But that has to be her choice, not yours. Because what happens is when we force people to change based on what it is that we want, they end up resenting us. And that ends up mm-hmm. for uh, obstacles later on in the relationship. Yep. So just hmm. my two cents. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Tanisha, same question. Um, I mean, I, I agree. Um, I agree. I, I just think that you have to accept the person for who they are when you get with them, you know. Um, one thing that's true, though, in this respect is that um, if you're with someone, the longer they're with you and the more comfort you bring, things may change. But you, right. you have to accept somebody for who they are. You know what I'm saying? So if you met her and she liked 12-inch nails and she liked, you know, different color hair or long hair, you know, you can't, you got to accept her for that. Sometimes, though, you know, sometimes 
women get with certain type guys, and as time goes on, they do change because they they want to calm certain things down. You know what I mean? I I date women, so you know I'm speaking from that perspective. Is that sometimes they get with some guys and they be like, you know what? Okay, I can see where I might have been a little. Let me calm that down a little bit. Sometimes, but nonetheless, no matter what, you still have to who you meet and that's who you're going to be dating. And if you can't accept that, then you need to just move on to the next person that meets those qualifications for you. Mm. Exactly. Any follow-up on that? Now, if I may touch on the portion of where it was saying that not not wanting your skin to come across as, you know, as melanated as it actually is naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, Concerning that, what I, because I'm a person who walks up to strangers and I ask questions, with a person that wears long hair that is net, that is straight or thick waves or whatever you may say, many of those people are not necessarily um, seeking to identify with another race. Sometimes it's, um, as one of my friends told me, a wig has different personalities. And so they just right. kind of want to keep it spiced up. It's not necessarily <laughs> saying I don't want right. to be African American. I don't want uh, the curl pattern I have. I don't want the four C. It's not saying that. It's saying, hey, I feel like being Kim today. Tomorrow I'm gonna be Tanika. Right. So next day I'm gonna be Lisa. Right. And that's that's how they enjoy life. So I think I mean, to assume that it's a person not liking their race is it's a big assumption. It is a And I think a lot of times guys miss this. That can be a plus for them, right? If she want to be Kim today and she want to be Katrina tomorrow, that might come with a different personality and a different attitude, and he may get a little different, you know, opportunity. Bone queen is going to go down, I'm telling you. You know, she might be like, you know what, I'm going to do a shortcut bob over my eye today, you know what I'm saying, and I'm going to be in the kitchen, you know, cooking some cornbread and an apron with nothing else on, and the next day she made, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, sometimes guys got to go along with the with, with the vibe. Go along with the vibe and see why he not, that he might not like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I'll just, if I could just put my two, my, my penny and a half in is that um, I think for, for, for some black men, um, if you, especially if you're a socially conscious type of person, it's all about the mindset. You, if you want to put on a wig mm-hmm. or whatever, but if you're going to act like Mary Jane, that's a totally different thing. It's one thing to look <laughs> like Mary Jane, but if you're going to act like the other side, that's going to be a problem. You know what I mean? Right. If you, you know, I mean, you still, I, I don't, if you want to be Tanisha, you want to be Lakeisha and Yarny, the black sister that I know, and you want to dress up, that's fine. But if you want to be Yarny and Lakeisha and, and Tanisha and you acting like Susie Chapstick, Karen. you know what I mean? Right, Karen. <laughs> then that's a totally different thing, you know, and the brothers ain't really appreciating that kind of stuff in, in, that, in that vein. Um, one last question. Uh, again, um, this one. Coming from another gentleman, it uh, said, "Are black? What are black women prepared? Some black women prepared to do when? And we already seen this. Uh, more black males marry outside of their race. We'll, we'll get to the marriage stuff. Marry outside of their race due to them, according to him, refusing to be feminine, supportive, things of that nature." Hmm. Uh, yawning. 
So we can only speak for the three black women that are on this call. We cannot speak for the whole of black women. And to say that we could is irresponsible because I have friends that date white men. Matter of fact, married to white men, and they have, they are fine. Um, so I think for me, if they are not interested in me and they are seeking outside of me, then I think I'm going to be okay because at the end of the day, I want somebody who's here for me. And if whatever, if you don't like the way I wear my nails or where I, where I wear my hair, you feel like it's too masculine or whatever, um, at the end of the day, I need to know that so that we can move on because if unless I'm ready to change, it's not going to change for him. It cannot change for him. Like I go back to if we change based on somebody else's premises, we're going to end up resenting them. So that's not mm-hmm. – we. why should we fear losing somebody we don't even have? Mm-hmm. And I guess I would, that sounded like a that, – that's not like it came out of fear. Like they're not they're not they're not feminine enough. There's black women I know that are so feminine. I just idolize the way that they gloat and walk. I was talking to a friend the other day. I said, "Girl, you just have this glow whenever you come in. The room lights up." So I have to wonder what women are is he seeking and running into? What is he, what is he attracting? Because remember, we attract what we are as well. So if that's what he's putting out there into the universe, that's what he's gonna attract. And unfortunately, you could put blonde hair and blue eyes on it, and it's still gonna be the same person. Unfortunately, I mean that's my two cents, but and that's a whole mouthful. So, absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, Tanisha, same question. Yeah, get that. I mean, I mean, like you said, he said, what are black women gonna do? I mean, black women gonna keep going. There, there right. Black men are gonna look black women. You know what I'm saying? And that's what that's what's gonna happen. I mean. If you choose to want to date someone and marry someone out of your own race, rock on, brother, rock on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I feel like I there's mean, somebody for everybody. So why would we be right. upset if you decide to leave? Please, by all means, pick someone else. And I wonder, and I wonder if when he says the word feminine, it seems like it almost goes back to that cliche of saying that black women aren't submissive. Right. That's almost kind of the way he sense that cliche of feminine because I. I know all my friends are, I, I myself personally am not, I don't tend to lean more towards my feminine side, but all of my friends are feminine, very feminine. They encompass that. They, they That exudes from them. They mm-hmm. own that. So I don't I don't know where he's going or where he's not seeing, but, I mean, I see feminine, beautiful black women everywhere all the time when I go out. So, and I always tell know, my friends to check their vibration because whatever you're vibrating, that's what you're aligning with. So if you're aligning with some, you know, big buff sisters, <laughs> maybe, maybe you should check where We're going to leave that alone. We're going to leave that alone. I do, do want to say on this, I, I would love for this person to, to be able to explain what their definition of femininity is. Femininity is because yes. femininity yes. is expressed in so many different ways. Now, I am going to use a blanket statement that I usually don't, but I am today. Being an African American woman, especially in the U.S., at such a time as this, we have to exude strength. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that any time before was different, but as an African American woman in this nation, 
you have to be strong on all fronts at all times. When you go out into the to the grocery store, when you're raising children, when you're seeking out a career, when you're going through your education process, whatever thing, you have to exude strength. And that strength is not taking away your femininity, but what it is doing is allowing you to know that regardless of what I face, I will succeed and I will overcome whatever obstacles may come in my pathway during that process. That does not take anything away from femininity. What it actually does is it reinforces the femininity of African-American women because we can be hard if we need to, and then when we need to be a, a, a nurturing spirit, we have that ability. Because there are many women mm-hmm. out there that have to work several jobs because they're single parents. But when they get mm-hmm. home, those children know that they love them. There's also right. women that may, be, may have a significant other that is uh, unable to provide any support for the household. But when they come in, they're a caregiver for their significant other. So to mm-hmm. lump black women as a whole into this negative, the strength of a black woman, and I can only speak from the perspective of a black woman because I've never been another race, is is so significant for black men and women that for a black man to assume that strength uh, does not reinforce femininity, they're putting a limit on the whole, the race as a whole. So Especially, as you mentioned, I was going to say, Lakeisha, especially in this climate, you're right, Um, especially at a time where black women um, are always the ones that come out and support and fight and got all that, got your back in a country that don't have theirs. I mean, your white Mm -hmm. counterparts, you know, get more money, you know, all of that stuff. So. I agree with with the three of you. I mean, it is what it is. You keep it moving. If, if you know, I believe what Yanni said is someone for everyone. Um, and at the end of the day, you got to look yourself in the mirror, decide what you want um, uh, in, in that relationship. I want to really go into marriage now. And, you know, we all of us either have been married or are married. I know. Uh, Tanisha, you said uh, you've been married uh, to your partner for about 11 years, and I think I can't remember Lakeisha yours, but um, so we have no, these experiences. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was. No, not anymore. Oh, you was. Yeah, I'm sorry, was. my bad. Uh, you were. Okay, I thought you said you were. But again, the fact is that we've been in this position, um, you know, deciding to to seemingly have a partner for the rest of our lives it was the idea is the idea um and and this doesn't seem to go well for us these statistics you know it's i mean you guys are in the field you know uh divorce in our community is sky high at this time so just sort of a a, a, a few things just to get us started. What are some, maybe three things that tend to be the reasons why our marriages fall apart, Tanisha? Uh, obviously, I know you guys are going to say lack of communication, but what are some of the <laughs> things, Tanisha, that you see that uh, have been sort of the downfall for our, our folks? Um, honestly, like I see a lot of couples in couples counseling, and um it's lack of communication, but it's also it's more like the lack of ability to be truthful with each other. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, lack of abilities, not growing together, you know? Um, that's a big thing, not growing together. You have to grow together. Um, and that's, that's going to always be key in any relationship. In almost every relationship I've ever seen that does end in divorce, it, it's because it's they didn't grow together. Um, they One person was doing their thing and the other person was doing their thing and they grew apart. Um, lack of intimacy. And when I say intimacy, I don't just mean sex. You know, I don't just mean sex. I mean the ability to, you know, be with your mate, enjoy your mate, you know, be friends with your mate. You know what I'm saying? Um, those type of things are lacking. And all of that compounded on top of what's going on in the world and everything else around you and you having to deal with every day, that can just take a toll on your relationship and then it begins to, like, impact it like a trash compactor. So I think that's a lot of the things that causes, you know, um, marriages to, to fail. Um, and I, I really do think it's key, too, that you have a spiritual connection together. Whatever, you know, it's not even if you don't believe in God, but whatever, there needs to be some type of spiritual connection, a belief system that you guys share together in something, something bigger than yourselves, you know. So I think that's a big key there. Yanni, same question. Okay, so I've been sitting here thinking about it, and yeah, definitely um, what the sister said was very good. We talked about last, I want to say last week, we talked about the bank and how uh, in the beginning of a relationship we established this bank of that we put deposits in of love. And when this is what covers us, when we make huge withdrawals. But the problem is, is that when people get married, some people, of course, not all, they they stop putting as much into that bank. They stop dating. They well, you have me now. So they they stop dating. They stop making themselves up. They stop they stop caring to a certain extent about how their mate is treated or how they move uh, within the marriage. And part of that is definitely where when those big withdrawals hit, like I lost money on gambling, or I had an accident in a car, or I accidentally, this happened to me, I accidentally burned the fish and it set the kitchen on fire. I mean, (laughs) when you have these big deficits hit and your love bank has not been replenished, it's a huge deficit. And it takes you two a while to like each other again after somebody has set you back. Because once you become married, you become a unit. So you have to continue to put into that love bank. You have to continue to compliment, continue to send roses, continue to court, continue to uh, say nice things and affirm each other. So moving off of that one, um, adding to what the sister said earlier about intimacy, you have to be able to be vulnerable with your mate. If you cannot say, I am hurting and I need you to hold me, instead of reacting when something happens, because when we react, we, for whatever reason, I think it's just human nature, when we react, we instantly do the exact opposite of what it is that we want. And so we get the exact opposite of what it is that we want. <laughs> so you want him to come hold you, but you ignore him. How are you going to come hold you if you're ignoring him? That's not how that works. You have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. What did you say, sister? I'm sorry. Or being cold towards him, turning your show like, okay, you can't expect you, you got to be welcome, well, try to, you got to be inviting and welcome them. Right. This exact opposite of what you are wanting. You're going to act cold to them, but what you really want is for them to love on you. 
So we have to right. be able to tell the truth to ourselves and say, you know what, what I need right now is for them to be, and then be vulnerable with each other. So I'm going to leave it at two because I know we're going to keep, uh, we're going to uh, step over each other because communication definitely is one of them. Go ahead, Lakeisha. <laughs> Go ahead, Lakeisha. Okay. I want to hit on unspoken expectations. Woo, I knew you were that's... coming with it. Come on, man. <laughs> that <laughs> that's why I didn't even say it. The... Oh, can I? Can <laughs> I? You saving it for me. Lakeisha, real quick. I was quick, saving uh... it for you because that was your thing. Lakeisha, real quick, if I could just throw in someone uh, in the chat room said, I guess going back to one of the questions, uh, the, we're on the Internet, uh, men like big asses and long lashes is what they said. Mm-hmm. So that was a female. Some of them. Some do. Some do. I don't get it. <laughs> right. Yeah, some do. <laughs> All right, Lakeisha. Yeah, sorry I mean, that's okay. But uh, with unspoken expectations, and I'm speaking from a place of experience, Um, because as I mentioned last week, my husband and I uh, got remarried. I had to realize when we were first married uh, that I had a lot of unspoken expectations, that in those unspoken expectations, I would get angry within myself because I expected these certain things that I never communicated. Mm -hmm. And many (laughs) times it comes from a place of, well, you should already know. How mm-hmm. do they do they know if you've never brought it up, if you've never even right. alluded to it? And then also, why do you feel like, because I had to ask myself this, why do you feel like this person is supposed to know everything about you and, and you can't, and you don't have that same ability? It's almost like a person has to be able to read your mind, your thoughts, your vibe, and that person doesn't know you well, but it's because you don't know yourself well. And there's a fear of speaking out what I expect because you might turn and leave. And I really want you mm-hmm. here, but I have all these unspoken expectations that I will not tell you out of fear. So then it comes the part of being able to actually trust your partner. And the, mm-hmm. the irony that I came across after we got divorced, because we were still, like, really close, really good friends, I realized I slept beside this person. We got kids together, like, you have been in the operating room when I had delivered the, the uh, our daughter, uh, and uh, I don't trust you to tell you the things that are important to me. Mm-hmm. Like, That's I mean, deep. how vulnerable, how much more vulnerable mm-hmm. can you be standing in the operating room beside somebody delivering children and sleeping? You can't do nothing to sleep. But right. I don't trust that you will take what my expectation is to heart. And that mm-hmm. always goes back to a you thing. So I had to realize it was a me thing. And so having those, those are the things that contribute the most, I believe, to the breakdown in relationships. That starts crackling the foundation, mm-hmm. and then you sprinkle on top of that economic discord uh, by yep. either someone not making what they're anticipated to make or a loss of a job. Um, change in family, like family has to come live with you, you all have to live with family, all that stuff is sprinkled on top of that cracked foundation and just continues to weigh that foundation until it it breaks apart completely. Girl, talk about a deficit. Mm. Mm. I want to do a reset, too. Um, 
if you're just joining us and and by the way people are on the line getting knocked off you, you sisters are giving so much knowledge and flooding the lines people getting in and getting off and knocked off so i want to give some uh, information out there um 646-929-0130 is the number to get in touch with us uh on the line you can get in the chat room like some folks are in the chat room uh listening and partic- participating on Facebook uh, at Pad Nation, P-A-D Nation, you can ask questions there or even email me since we're, we're getting flooded uh, at L-A Bachelor with a T, Bachelor40 at gmail.com. Uh, on the, the line right now, we have three distinguished guests, and Yoni Knox, licensed therapist and life coach. Uh, Tanisha Hooks is a licensed mental health therapist, and Lakeisha Lewis-Vick, licensed professional counselor. They'll give their information uh, towards the end of this broadcast, and I appreciate them being on. Uh, I want to ask this question, and really, it, it I think, um, Yanni and Lakeisha, you guys answered this last week. Maybe you didn't, but it, it can. It, it, it relates to dating, being in a relationship, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, and marriage. How long do you stay? If, if, if the issues are there, if the, the things that you mentioned um, to a healthy and long-lasting marriage are not there, how long should someone stay, Lakeisha? There is absolutely no specific timeline. It depends right. on what the issues right. are. If the issue is domestic violence, I encourage you to leave as soon and as safely as possible. Mm-hmm. If the issue is they make $2,000 more than I need them to make so we can all be on an equal budget, you get your life together and work through that. Um, so you have to determine, and hopefully you've talked about that before, marriage, what are your deal breakers? Mm-hmm. If it's a mm-hmm. deal breaker, then that's it. Exactly, that's it. I, I don't encourage anyone to put themselves in a in a second seat and say, well, you know, maybe it'll get better because the thing is, if this deal breaker is here, why is it there in the first place? And you've already talked about and put out, hey, these things are deal breakers for me. And, I mean, because you, you, you kind of go back on your own word to yourself. So attempt to work through what it is as long as there's no harm or, you know, pending harm. Um physically, especially mentally, emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. and and go and try to go forward. I encourage people to try to, because people don't get the 50 years and everything's roses and rainbows. Right. Nobody does. That part. That part. Tanisha, same question. And when you add in, I guess, a question I was going to ask, but I might as well throw it in. On this, um, what if domestic violence, obviously, that's a no-brainer, you would think, and hope that, uh, like Lakeisha said, people will get out um, as soon as possible. But what if they cheat? Can you go back on that, uh, Tanisha? Mm. Can you come back from that? Mm. Well, I mean, I'm going to go back to what she said. People that made 50, 60 years, sometimes some of those 50, 60 years, did have some infidelity in there. Can you go back? Yes. But what does it require? It requires you both to be honest with each other. It requires you both 
to put in the work, to be, rebuild the trust, to rebuild the bond. So that's the thing. It re, can't, can't, you can't. Here's the, and I'll say this. You don't want to go back. I'm explain to you why you don't want to go back. Because if you go back to the same position that you were in, then you're going to end up back in the same position you're currently in. Clearly something was going wrong either on your own personal end or it could have been whatever that is. You want to go forward. So can you go forward after infidelity? Yes, you can. But it requires you guys both to work, put in that work. You know, and what does mm-hmm. that look like? Does that look like marital counseling? It, it, you know, that, that would be always, I tell anybody, any of my couples I've seen a lot that have come into my sessions and there has been infidelity and there's also been ones that had children through that infidelity. Um, and, you know, they're trying to work through that. So you can if you genuinely both want to put in the work. And that requires a lot of transparency. That, that's going to require a lot of transparency to build that, 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 that bond back. And one thing I tell people is this. You have to learn to forgive if you want to go for it. Yeah. And that's a very hard concept for some people. Like, well, I, I do forgive them, but if you keep bringing it up, you know, did you really forgive? And so that's something that's – so, once again, it requires work. So can you move on from infidelity? Yes, you can. Mm. Uh, uh, Yanni. So anybody that's ever bounced a check will know that sometimes the bank will cover it. The bank will cover it, and you'll go into a negative status. And at that point, you have to put extra money in that you didn't have to begin with. So can you continue after infidelity? I feel like you can, but as um, the sister said, you have to change as a person. This relationship has to change as a whole, and both parties have to be willing to do the work because if they're not both willing to do the work, then it's not going to work. It's like trying to put water in a cup that's broken. It's just going to always seep out. Once that trust is broken, he's going to have to do everything, or she, because let's let's not make uh, a gender code this because there are just as many women cheating on men as there are men cheating on women. Um, But once the trust has been broken, it's like the cup has been broken. You have to put in extra effort in order to make it work. And so with that being said, can it work? Yes. But if both parties are not willing, y'all might as well hang it up. If one party is holding out or not telling the truth or not coming through, you might as well hang it up. That's one thing that I had to do because I felt like I was I, I my relationship ended due to infidelity and some domestic violence. So I felt like I had to. It looked like I was doing all the work. I don't speak to her again. There's text messages on her phone on her, on his phone from her. Well, I just asked you not to do that. Well, then we can't we can't move forward if I have to continue to wonder, worry, is this happening? Because that's it's just not going to work. Both parties have to be 100% invested in a relationship moving forward. Otherwise, it's just not, it won't work. I'm getting a exactly. lot of stuff and coming. Can I add something to sure. that? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, especially with something as serious and as deep as infidelity, <laughs> you you both, just like uh, Tanisha and Tani said, uh, you both have to be willing to put in that work. And that's, but that's the thing. You can't bring in grandma and auntie and cousin and all of them and get their opinion. If you choose to say, that's between y'all and y'all put in work together. Don't go seeking out someone else's input because that's for one, not their place. Can you say that again, please? (laughs) For the people in the back, it's between y'all. It is between y'all. 
you all have to put in the work. If you go to counseling, which I would strongly encourage people to do, go to counseling, which your your therapist who works with you will probably have you do individual sessions and then mm-hmm. together sessions, some individual mm-hmm. and then together. Go with that process because the person who chose to step outside of the relationship, they have a lot of internal things to work through. The person right. who was uh, on the on the side of the person that was stepped out on, they have a lot of hurt and, and mistrust to get past. And abandonment and neglect yes. and everything else. Questioning, low self-esteem. Yes. It causes low self-esteem. Yes. It makes you question right. yourself. Right. The you self-confidence is shaken. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. all of that. That's all shaken and ripped from them. That was a Connecticut um, break. Hey, listen, <laughs> we're about to take we're about to take a Connecticut break. Uh um I wanna get to a, we have a lot of people on the line and what I wanna do is uh screen some of these calls and and see if um, they have any questions, comments. Certainly, people, if you're listening, um, blog talk online, the chat room is open. You can send your questions there. I do have some questions I'm going to get to. I'm going to take this break and come back and screen the calls and get back to our distinguished guests, Yoni Knox, Lakeisha Lewis, Vic, and, of course, Tanisha Hooks on the Bastard News Radio Show.
for joining us. I just want to uh, do some real-time radio stuff here. Uh, we'll screen the call so you'll hear some silence. I'll come on and ask you if you have a question or comment for our guests. We do have some people who have questions and comments that were a little radio shy, so they don't want to come on, so I, I can relay that too. But if I screen your call, I'll, you'll, you'll hear some silence. You're not live until, if you want to be live, I'll, I'll put you on. If not, I'll ask you whatever your question or comment is. Uh, back to the show uh, here on the Bachelor News Radio Show, on the Bachelor News Radio Network, on IBM TV, Big Mind Entertainment, and, of course, WCOM in Chapel Hill, uh, North Carolina. My guest, Yoni Knox, Lakeisha Lewis-Vixen, Tanisha Hooks. Yoni, I want to start with you. Go back to some of the... Uh, the pitfalls or some of the concerns as it relates to trying to make uh, our marriages last spiritual versus non-spiritual. I think I, I think it was Tanisha or someone who had mentioned that that connection needs to be had. Is it realistic to believe that if someone has a spiritual connection, whether they're Christian or whatever, like Tanisha said, uh, and the other person doesn't, does that work? Can that work? Um, I can speak from my experience. I have seen a um, secular religion and a non-secular religion work. Um, But, again, it takes 100% communication, a lot of vulnerability, and um, the willingness to understand that this is my partner, that they don't have to believe like I believe. Um, This is just who I am choosing to spend the rest of my life with. And then, of course, before marriage, having that conversation, well, this is, you know, how are we going to raise our children? Are we going to give them the choice? Mm-hmm. Are we going to involve them? Um, that That's important. So I think that, I mean, if you are not mature, <laughs> if you cannot um, se- separate the religion from the marriage, then, yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to cause a lot of arguments and it's going to cause a lot of um, turmoil. And the relationship mm-hmm. But if you can leave it out If you can leave it as an, a respected choice For both Then it'll be, it'll be worthwhile But can you I talk about, it work Yoni, can you talk about The, the vulnerable side it, it, Elaborate on that Being vulnerable it, 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 in, that, in that situation Well, okay, so being vulnerable And saying that This is what I need Um and we talked about this last time that it is it, it takes a lot of trust in order to be able to say to somebody who is outside of yourself, this is what I need. Can you give it to me? And not, not, not need as in, oh, I just need a piece of cheese. No, need as in I need water. This is what I need in order for me to thrive. And can you give this to me? At being able to compromise if it's something that, you know, approaches on the other person's spirit. So that vulnerability is, is all about trust. So can both people be vulnerable and say, in order for this to work for me, this is the, these are the things that I need, and laying it out. And for the other person to say, this is what I need, and then you guys talk about where can we compromise, where can we, you know, um, where we will collide and how we can make that work. So. Lakeisha, I, I've, I've seen, uh, I know people that that's a deal breaker. My God, oh, you, mm-hmm. you know, you're not a Christian that, you know, we can't get together. And I'm not, I'm not judging either way, but I've, I've know people that say that's a deal breaker. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ or whatever, whatever you believe in, then we can't be together. Uh, uh, so can that, can that work in your opinion? 
I believe if people put their minds to it that they can work through it. I believe that it can uh, bring about some uh, uh, some difficulty, uh, major and maybe minor, depending on how they rate those. With with having the same spiritual beliefs, um, it's easier. It gives yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's easier. It gives more uh, common support because you know where that person's um, kind of focus and drive are are coming from as far as mm-hmm. with their spiritual focus and drive. So, like for instance, if you both are Christian, um, you know when that person's laid out face down on the floor, something's going on, and hey, let me pray with you for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me stand in the gap for you. Um, whereas mm-hmm. a person who may not have those same spiritual uh, beliefs, they may think, okay, is this person losing it? Do I need to call the crisis intervention? So that's a communication you have to have before, for one, to have the respect for each other, that if you do choose to go forward in that relationship and either uh, you both have different spiritual backgrounds, even different spiritual beliefs and practices, um, what that's going to look like for you. Because we have to realize all um, all Christians are not the same. They weren't raised right. the same. They don't have the same experience and practices. All Muslims are not, uh, do not have the same practices. So to not, to also not get into that assumption. Um, mm-hmm. And with that, um, a funny thing that comes up to me is because I was raised, uh, yes, we believe in Jesus. We don't really go to church. And so when I became an adult, I went to Pentecostal church and was scared out of my mind. <laughs> so I was like, I, I don't know what's going on, but this is a lie. But um, so you just kind of have to always keep that, keep your expectations up front and what your, what your belief system means to you. Do not ever right. devalue your belief system because that, in in addition to what else is your driving force, is what got you to where you are. Never devalue that. Never, never, never devalue that. It's funny. Uh, I grew up in, in Holiness Church, so I know, bam, like it's, whoa, and yeah. they're speaking in tongues. And so Pentecostal, I, I, I get it, Lakeisha. Uh, Tanisha, what if they, if they, if they, what if it's as simple, Tanisha, as they believe the same thing, they don't go to the same church? And I've seen people argue over that. You need to come to my church. No, you need to come to my church. And then they in separate churches. I mean, what about a, a situation like that? I mean, I think in an instance like that, I mean, personally what I would tell, if someone came into my session like that, I would ask, you know, first I would want them to hear out why, what is it that they don't care for at the other person's church. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's big and key, but, you know, they can also, I feel like, why would we not want to find a church home to to worship together if we believe the same? You know, if we if we if we're like let's just take for instance and, and quickly I want to make sure that I um, clear something up. So when I say you know be spiritual together, I don't necessarily mean religion, right? Right. Right. So you know I want to make sure that I I have that clear is that you can both be two spiritual individuals you know and understand that you guys are uniquely created in energy and serve a purpose and have a meaning in life mm-hmm. and not necessarily subscribe to being a Christian a Buddhist or a Muslim okay right. mm-hmm. so that's what I mean is that you guys value that that you guys are unique 
individual and beings that we created separately and both bring some uniqueness spiritually to each other's lives. So I want to clear that up. But if someone is going to, you know, in a situation like that, to be honest with you, I mean, like I said, you know, why can't they not find a church? I think my question would be why would you not want to find a church home together? Why can't you not? And if someone argues, well, my church does this, and the other one argues, my church does that, then can we agree amicably to say, hey, okay, you know, you go to your church and I go to my church. No biggie. You know, if they're right. mature enough to do that, then that's not a problem. You know what I'm saying? If we're both Christian, and let's just say I'm Christian Baptist and you Christian Pentecostal, do, and we right. believe the same thing. Okay, if you want to go to your church, you go to your church. You're going to have more church services than I am anyway. So, <laughs> you know, so I'm going to be Baptist and I'm going to go to my church. And I'm going to respect the fact that, you know, this is where you choose to go. This is where you choose to worship. And if you're if you're mature enough, you can do that. Yeah. So let me piggyback on that because I, I try to tell the kids that, um, that I um, counsel, um, you, your maturity is definitely 100% part of it because if you're not mature enough like I have friends that I'm very protective of but but just because they're your friend just because they're your mate just because they're your wife just because they're your you know significant other does not mean they have to do everything the way you want them to do it right maturity comes in where you allow them to be who they are and you be who you are and then you guys create something different but there has to be respect and there has to be that maturity because otherwise you're going to get that. Well, I don't like the way you do that. Or you have, I, I had a friend who uh, does, they do crystals and they, you know, go by the full moon. And, you know, I had the people throwing their crystals off of the rail <laughs> and it, just little disrespectful things or knocking Bibles down, like things that really should not happen because they were not in, in they, they said they were okay but in their mind they were not okay with them not being the same religion. And you have to gauge that for yourself. If you know in your spirit that if they're not doing the same thing you're doing, that it's going to be a problem, then you have to say, you know what, I probably will buy better with a Christian. Uh, Brandy in Dallas uh, made the comment and said, it sounds like um, you all are, are talking about um, ex- um, accentuating the, the positives and if people are not, then they're looking for a way out. Um, Yoni. I don't. I don't understand. I guess. I guess what she's basically saying is, um, you guys are talking about the things to do to, to keep the marriage, but basically, if people don't want to do these things, they're looking for a way out of the marriage. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Uh, we are trying to make it easier for people to stay in marriages. In my right. in my experience, in um, Lakeisha's experience, and in Tanisha's experience, we we've all had couples in our 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 you know places where we work, and and we've tried to help them keep their marriage together. And some of us in our own relationships have seen what does work and what doesn't work. So it's not necessarily oh we're only focusing on this, and if you're not doing this, you're not gonna your marriage is not gonna work. That's not what we're saying at all. If you find a way to make your marriage work and it's outside of what we're saying power to you sister to make it happen yeah, i'm proud sure. of you get that work girl yeah, but um if you're if you're struggling then yeah maybe you should step outside of your box try something new because again the yeah. definition of insanity is you know doing the same thing and expecting different results so if it's not working then you yeah, know try something new right. our feelings won't be hurt if you don't i promise 
Mm. Right. We're yeah, not going to peek mean, out from under the bed and say, yeah, girl, you did that wrong. I promise I won't. <laughs> right. This is just advice. This is not a one-size-fits-all. None of what we're saying is a one-size-fits-all. You have right. to do what's right. best for you and your spouse, you know. So, mm. you know, none, none of this is a one-size-fits-all. It doesn't apply across the board to everyone. Mm-hmm. Look, and um, to add into that, if the things that we're talking about are things you're already doing, then find some other tools to add into your toolbox. Because I'm just going to be honest, um, the same thing for 10 solid years, it becomes dull. You have to find something else to add in there. And mm-hmm. in the things that we're talking about, hopefully it's causing everyone that's listening to start thinking, okay, what else do I need to add to my, my toolbox? Because, I mean, shut You don't eat the same food every day. You don't wear the same outfit every day. So why not add something uh, to, to, to cause your relationship to get to a whole nother level, to cause it and, to um, continue to grow and feel new. And, Lakeisha, it's funny because Brian – uh, said that he's been married uh, for a while. He didn't say how long. He said, but they were looking at divorce until they started thinking outside of the box and getting creative yes. to make the marriage mm-hmm. uh, to, to flourish, yes. uh, is what he said. Yes, mm-hmm. because the same thing that excited you at the age of 20 is not, and I'm speaking from experience, going to excite you at the age of 40. And right. I'm, right. <laughs> or so you have to or be willing to, to get out of your box. It, right, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. Because, I mean, just from um, the experience of um, when I met my husband, oh, gosh. I mean, I was just like, hey, he's cute. But now at the age of 40-something, you got to bring more than cute to the table. Right. He got to, <laughs> to do something else. Thank God he's smart and he speaks well. And we enjoy the same kind of country behavior. But it's like you, you have to be willing to do something different. And then the thing is always question yourself when when you're looking at your marriage and because you begin to have an assessment of this is going really good, what do I need to do to keep it, or this is not going so well, what do I need to change it if I want to change it? In that, you have to always look at you. What are what are you bringing to the table, and whether it's the positive or the negative, what, mm. what can you do in a different way to either improve it or to go ahead and, and move out of that uh, relationship, whether it's marriage or long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. And let me say one thing, because I think this, I don't know if this is part of it too. We, when we're in a relationship, your relationship is your safe haven. That's where you go home to feel safe. That's the person that you're supposed to feel the safest with. So if you're speaking mm-hmm. on um, hashing out the negatives, that there are certain things that people can do that will mess your relationship up. So if you're saying, okay, sir, what you're doing, you're, you're, you're liking all of these girls' pictures, that is messing with my spirit, that's being vulnerable, um, messing with my spirit, and it's going to cause a problem between us. You can say that. But once you say it, and it, you know, you should not have to remind them. So you can right. say the things that are bothering you. You can speak on the negative, but don't, if you have to nag on the negatives, then you have to step back and reanalyze this relationship. Because if I say to you, this thing that you're doing is hurting me, and they don't change right. their behavior, 
then you have to realize, okay, do they really care enough about me to stop this negative thing that they're doing? And if you've already right. asked them and they did not, then yet then you have to reanalyze, is this really worth being in? It goes into the pro and con list. What do we need to do? Right. Uh, this a, a great question just came in, and if you're just joining us, we're talking about uh, black marriages, how to make them work, how to make it last. Here on the uh, the Bachelor News Radio Show, IBM TV, Big Mind Entertainment, and WCOM, Tanisha, uh, Mark um, said he didn't want to be on the air, but he um, he said, how do one how does one handle verbal abuse? He said many times. Mm. Women are uh, leave men because of the physical and the mental. Um, typically, he said, it doesn't always be the physical in terms of towards men, but the mental hurts. He said he hurts. So how does he handle that, and should he, should he walk away, Tanisha? It's like the, it's like the sister just said. If, if he has brought it to her attention that what she is doing is hurting him, what she is mm-hmm. saying is devaluing him and making him hurting him to that to his core and to that point. Then you know he needs to consider whether or not you know that may not be the the right person for him. If he's brought it to her attention and she's not made any efforts to change and she's not moving forward to change and work on that behavior, then you know those are some things he has to weigh his pros and cons on that. Because he's very valid on that. He's very valid. I know a lot of um, men that say that that say, hey, no, it's not physical. It's verbal. You know, she 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 devalues me. She, you know, she disrespects me. She she belittles she me. She emasculates me. Right. Yeah, she did, yeah. And so that's something that if you brought that to her attention, you know, to say when you do these things, or when you say these things, and she continues to do it, then at that point you need to weigh your pros and cons and see, you know, whether mm-hmm. or not it's time for you to get out. Yeah. And, Lakeisha, you know, especially, uh, I mean, speaking for a black man, um, you know, we always, we we run around with our testosterone and sticking our chest out. We want to pretend like we're in charge, at least, in the marriage, right? And But but that verbal abuse is, is real. Like, it's really real. And yeah. And the misconception with some, right, there's the word, is that we don't hurt like women hurt. You know what I mean? So when you get a woman that devalues you, like Tanisha says, um, or demasculates you, like uh, Yanni said, then it, it could be, it could really, if you don't know yourself, you can really be in a lot of trouble, a lot of counseling and a lot exactly. of trouble uh, in that case, Lakeisha. Exactly, exactly. And the, the other portion of that is when, when you brought it to that person's attention and they have chosen, because it's a choice, not to change, not to do something different, then why do you choose to stay? Mm. Why do you choose to continue to have that experience? It is okay to leave a situation like that. When you are not as valuable as that person sees themselves, you're you're always going to be in a deficit with that person. So Mm. do more for self and say, you know what? I am going to leave, not to say oh, I'm moving to bigger and better and this, that, and the other, but for personal spiritual peace, for personal emotional peace, for personal mental and physical peace, step away. Now, the thing is, sometimes when you exit, that person will say, you know what, that person was serious, and this person was a good person in my life. Um, I was the one that was wrong. And if they come back and say, hey, I apologize, 
I chose not to change then. I choose to change now. Can we work forward? That's a whole different conversation you guys can have. Mm -hmm. But exit. Take your time to get your centeredness back. That centeredness is what all of us as people, regardless of race or sex, sexual preference, height, weight, whatever, that's what we all need. And, and I do want to oh, go ahead. Okay. I was going to say the world gives us enough negative. Why go home to right. sit in the middle of negativity some more? That's it. Amen to that. That's it. Okay. So what I wanted to say is to her point and to Miss Tanisha's point is that when people say, when you tell them I'm doing this and this hurts me, please stop doing this. Yes, change is hard. Let's not play mm-hmm. because there are certain things true. that we can say that could probably drive people up the wall. What change looks like is when they do it and they immediately, oh, my God, I'm sorry, I forgot. Or then you will see cues that they all try, they're trying to change because change doesn't happen overnight. So you can't say today, hey, I'm tired of you yelling at me and I'm tired of you, you know, devaluing my person and calling me names. And then the next day they do it and you walk out the door. I mean, you could. But if you're trying to save the relationship, you have to give them time and let them know this is serious. I'm not playing with you. This hurts me, and you are hurting me. And if they start making changes, if they try to lessen, and you can keep a count, okay? Today they called me basket case three times, you know, as opposed to seven times yesterday. You can keep a count, mm-hmm. but you need to look for physical signs that they are trying to change because that is also a thing. They're not going to change overnight. It's kind of like somebody got fat and they ate a salad and they thought that would make them thin. It doesn't take one salad. If you Tiny, didn't get that. Don't talk about me in my face. <laughs> <laughs> but it took years for us to, to develop these ugly habits, and it's going to take, you know, right. some time for us to get out of them. Because we're not none. We're all therapists, and I can promise you, each and every one of us have things that we're still working on. Indeed. So. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and. Go ahead. Somebody want to follow up on that? You can. Yeah, I just want to add to the to this. Listen, here's the thing. Your relationship should be your safe haven. Mm-hmm. Okay? That should be the place where you are allowed to be the most vulnerable, male and female. And and so, you know, if your relationship is not conducive to that type of growing ground and things are not being made to till that ground to make it nourishing, then that's when you have to look at, you know, what's best for you, always. It's um, just a, a general follow-up, and then I'm going to go back to Mark because he says something to another question. Uh, is is knowing yourself and being comfortable with yourself uh, a part of that where you can break away, uh, Tanisha? When you, if, if you're comfortable in your own skin and you feel like, okay, I have this option that, this is not for me and I can walk away. Is that part of the, 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 the big part of being able to say enough is enough? Yes, 100%. When you feel that way about yourself, you value yourself and you realize what you no longer deserve. You realize what you do deserve and you realize what you no longer deserve. So once you, you find that value, you say, you know what? You're not trying to change. You're not making any strides to change. I'm giving you the opportunity, and I, I no longer deserve this type of treatment. And you know what? I'm okay with me walking away because I no longer need to validate myself through you. 
through being with you, through the, waiting for you to love me the right way. Mm. None of that. So, yeah, very much so. Mm. Lakeisha, same question. Um, with, with walking away, I want to touch on another another key that I have found is difficult. Sure. Many times we blur our own vision about who a person has shown us that they are because we initiate mm-hmm. sexual contact immediately. We find out mm-hmm. a piece of a first name and you jump into whatever backseat, futon, bed, whatever. And that blurs people's ability to make positive decisions about what to do with mm-hmm. this person. If you honestly, and I'll say not just the you thing, but if we as people honestly uh, gave ourselves the opportunity to get to know a person without throwing that cloud up, we would be able to identify a lot of the things that we identify as deal breakers a lot earlier, have a lot less mm-hmm. conflict in our lives, mm-hmm. and be able to move in a different way with people. To be able to identify this person may only be an associate, this much person may be a good friend, this person may be a forever long-term relationship person. But because we mm-hmm. blur uh, the, that, the, the ability to catch on to those signals, we, we do ourselves a deficit. Now, also, we throw sex out there very early on, too, because we don't want them to see all the negatives about us. So if I get out here and, and blur real good, they won't see all the things that I see as a deficit, and that ends up also being a negative for us. So with that mm-hmm. being said, we have uh, a lot more to think about when we're looking at uh, knowing ourselves, but then also knowing why am I choosing to interact so quickly like this with this person. Yanni, same same question there in terms of, you know, it, knowing yourself and and making sure that you have the ability and the strength, I guess would be a term, to walk away. So when I found out about certain infidelities that had happened within my relationship, my marriage, um, I made sure that I had I picked five friends. Actually, it wasn't five; it was three friends that um, I knew I could trust. I knew that would support me and not BS me and not be, blow my head up and say, "Oh yeah, girl, you're doing good," when I'm not doing good. So I picked these three mm-hmm. friends and I told them exactly what was happening and I needed them, you know. These are what my thoughts are, and I got their opinions. Now, I, I know we talked about not having folks in our relationship, especially when we're trying to heal. This is different. When you know that there's a line being drawn in the sand and it's time for you to move on, then this mm-hmm. is, you need a team to help you sometimes And mm-hmm. because we're not an island, especially ones that speak positivity and life into you because a lot of the things that we have accepted in our relationships are things that our parents have told us, are things that ex-lovers have told us, are Mm. things that, you know, people that were wrong for us have told us, and we believed it, and we stayed in it, and we we thought we weren't enough, and we thought we didn't deserve more, and we, you know, just stayed for whatever was given to us. And Mm -hmm. so when we are trying to break free and heal, it takes a village to help you heal. Healing is done in silence but it requires the support of the community, okay? Mm -hmm. So with that being said, yes, you do need to have some support in breaking free, and you also need to have some support in keeping yourself positive and making sure that this becomes a healing moment and a lesson versus just a Mm -hmm. moment of hatred and 
tumbling down that negative pipeline where we start blaming all men for being a dog or all women for being on the street. Mm. Uh, I I just want to recap and let folks know if you're just joining us, we are talking about um, um, black marriages and specifically how to make them last uh, and some of the the good and the, the the bad, I guess, in, in terms of uh, the characteristics as it relates to the relationship. Yoni Knox, licensed therapist and life coach. Tanisha Hooks, licensed mental health therapist. And Lakeisha Lewis Vick, licensed professional counselor. I wanted to go back to Mark Lakeisha because he said he cries a lot at night, and that's Ooh. that takes a it it, mm-hmm. it really takes a, a you know a real man to admit that and do that right. Um, and he said he stays, which is one of my questions, he's staying for the sake of his kids. His kids are 12 and 8. So mm-hmm. that's the question on the table, Lakeisha. Do, do, do you do that? Do you stay for the kids? I mean, kids are going to probably need the therapy anyway if it's, if it's a sort of a environment that's hostile anyway or if the person mm-hmm. leaves. Is my, so so do they, does he stay to wait till they're grown and then leave, or does he he leave now if it doesn't get better? Well, the thing I would ask, because I can't say, hey, stay or hey, leave, what kind of parent are you to those children in this brokenness that you're in right now? Right. How much right. better of a parent mm-hmm. could you be in a different state where you're more more toward the whole side or, or in a whole state? Um, staying because of children, um, that's puts a lot of guilt on the children as, as they continue mm-hmm. to grow older because they see the, the negative impact that this type of uh, abusive interaction, because I'm just call it what it is, has on their parents and then what they have left to get from that parent, that energy. Um, I'll just kind of speak from a personal side. My father was an alcoholic and physically abusive verbally abusive, mentally and emotionally abusive toward my mom for a majority of my life. When I, as a child that grew up in that, got the the nerve to kind of broach the subject with my mom, I was 16, and I said, why did you stay? And she said, because I didn't want you to be angry at me. That put so much weight on me because my whole thing right. was wondering as a child, why did you not leave? I wouldn't have cared if we had to live in a tent or whatever, but just to see the, the extra weight that my mother carried because of dealing with this and then to find out that the reason you stayed was you were anticipating I'd be angry or I would be at some deficit. No, really what that what that does is it shows your, your children, for one, that all people are resilient. You can bounce back from anything. And in that, you even find strength of leaving and you find out new things about self. So if this is impacting you that deeply, Mark, I ask you to consider any and all options. If this this person is not willing to uh, address the things you've identified, not making any identifiable changes, um, if you guys have gone to, to therapy and there's been no difference, then you really have to look within. And instead of saying, hey, it's because of my kids, what kind of parent am I being? Um, and what am I showing my kids? Because our children learn about relationships from us. So then right. when your son or your daughter 
goes into a relationship and this exact same thing is happening, guess what? They learned it from watching you in the front row. Right. Right. Mm. And and Lakeisha, just to follow up, he says uh, she doesn't want to do counseling. Um, and he says he's doing it out of love. They're just, I'm just. This is real time comments that that are coming in uh, from from okay. him. So he's doing it out of love for the children. His or kids for her staying. Or... He's saying no. He's staying okay. because of the kids, right? And then she doesn't oh. want to go to counseling. Well, Mark, that's a you call. You have to determine what you choose to put forward in your children's lives. And right. what you yeah. just want right. to continue to, to deal with. Mm. And, and, and Yoni, to, to the point of it, when you have, I'll just say I know some experiences, when you have a, a situation where um, you do get divorced mm-hmm. and the spouse is still acting a fool and the kids are mm-hmm. still suffering because the, the, the spouse is saying negative things and bringing negative vibes you're trying to do the best you can to keep it on the positive, but the spouse is still, the ex-spouse, right, is still um, being, you know, you're going through the process of divorce or you're separated or whatever, and the, and the spouse is, is being negative. The kids are still suffering anyway. So, how, I mean, it's, it, I don't know if it's a win-win or a lose-lose type of situation <laughs> okay. in, in that, whether but, you stay no, or no, you no. don't go or you stay. Here's what I, from my experience, when you, because your households are going to be different. Your children are going to feel safe in a space that is safe. Mm-hmm. And they're going to feel attacked in a space that is negative. So they may go to dad's house or mom's house and it may be fun and she's talking noise and dad's talking noise and all of that. But when they come back to you, as long as you are being your, and I hate to say your righteous self, but being your righteous self and setting up a space of love and care so that they can grow because that's, at that point, once you're divorced, you don't need to worry about what else is going on in their household unless it's negatively right. affecting kids as far as physically. You can't control what right. they say. You can ask them to stop, but you can't control what they say. But the children will grow, and they will understand that this is not healthy. But where mom is right. or where dad is, where they're being healthy and they're, they're trying to support me and raise me and it's calm over here, this is healthy. They're going to begin to identify. They're going to see all the truth as they get older. So, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, it goes back to what we picked. (laughs) And if we pick somebody to raise hell, and they're raising hell like we picked them. Unfortunately, I mean, it just goes back to you got to make the change and you got to be what it is that you want your children to be. So I tried to create as much of a safe space as possible because my children had been through hell going through this divorce. So I tried to create as much of a safe space as possible. I tried not to bash uh, my child, my children's father because that's a part of them. That's what many people don't get. When you bash the other person, the father, you're actually talking about the child because they have ties Mm -hmm. to that parent. They love Mm -hmm. that parent. So now you're asking them to hate a part of themselves, and that's not fair. And your children will eventually see that. That's real talk. Tanisha, the the same question, it it just – and I guess in the the context of – you go like what Marcus going through. He's like, should I stay? Should I go? And then I guess he's saying, you know, that, that she doesn't want counseling. She's saying that she's bashing this and bashing that. That the verbal abuse, all this stuff going on. Uh, I mean, how do you come back from that? How do you even 
you know, deal with that. And, and, and again, to what Yanni said and Lakeisha in terms of, you know, making sure the environment for the kids is, is the right place and, and trying to balance it, all of that into the midst of all the drama that's going on there. Um, that's, that's already not going to be in a healthy, safe place if that's what's going on. I mean, that's just the reality of that situation. You know, if, if it's outwardly around the kids where they're hearing it, where they're seeing it, it there's no way you already created an unhealthy space. And so one thing parents have to understand is this. Children ultimately want to see us happy. They like to see us smiling. They don't like to see us crying. They don't like to see us down. It's consistent when we're depressed. They can sense when we're distant. And so that's one thing that parents, a lot of times when they say, I got to stay together, I want to stay together for my kids. Give your your kids also will benefit is if you say, you know what, you know what, if you were to separate, if you have to separate and you end up, leaving, you become a healthier person, and you go on and have another healthy relationship, and they see a healthy relationship with maybe mm-hmm. dad and someone else or mom and someone else, but they still get that opportunity to see a healthy a healthy space. Situations like that, um, you know, people, I'm not going to say people can't change. I can't, I can't say that, you know, um, okay. but it sounds like maybe she's a bit resistant at this point in time um, and, and not wanting therapy. Um, so, you know, it's already not a healthy place. And mm-hmm. the, how to make that healthy place is require her assistance, right? You have a relationship that requires two people, so it equally requires two people to, to grow it, to nurture it, to heal it if, if something has happened. You can't do it by yourself. You know, I you guess can try with all your might. You can't do it by yourself. I guess, Tanisha and, and Lakeisha and Yoni, if, from, from a father's perspective if if um i'll just say i I know in some situations that you know kids sometimes sometimes right in some situations they're going to um what's the word I'm, i'm looking for they're going to depending upon how manipulative the 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 mother can be going to protect the mom they're gonna they not side with it but they're gonna okay that's their mom right so they're so a lot of fathers i i'm a member you know full disclosure to a, a father's uh, organization a lot of fathers have to combat that like it i i don't want i never ever want my kids to disrespect their mom and i would never ever be speaking negative or anything like that i would never ever do that i've never done that um but in some case, you got to combat the fact that she's putting some things in their air, and you know you got to you got to keep them in a safe place. You got to say all the right things, and then you got to deal with um, uh, her household is her household, and my household is is her household because she's 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 putting it out there like that. So again, I guess from a male's perspective, in in, in that situation, if you're going through a separation or it may be leading to divorce or maybe even get back together, how do you kind of handle that? Because, uh, again, society is, it, it is what it is, just like black women and, and the fact that you guys are underappreciated. Um, some black fathers are underappreciated, the ones that are doing the right thing, not the, the, 
the knuckleheads, but the ones that are doing the rest. So, so how do you combat that? To start with you, Tanisha, how do you combat that if the if the mom is doing that kind of stuff? Oh, did you say Tanisha? I'm so sorry. Tanisha. I mean, Tanisha. I, I think. Huh? Sorry. No, I said you. You can go ahead. Did you? Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. So in a situation like that, I mean, here's the thing: you 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 can't control what she's doing. You know, all you can continue to do is be a good parent, right? Eventually, that child is going to grow up and be able to see things for themselves. You know, you you can't. You all you can do is continue to be a good parent. You know, I mean, if your child is coming over your house and acting out because of what mom says then, of course, you still have to be a parent and you still have to set those boundaries. You know, right. you still have to let that be known that, hey, I understand that whatever your mom says or whatever, you know, you do over there, but this is my house. And at my house, this is how we do things. But you keep an, you also let them know, give, them an op- give kids an open environment to also be able to talk to you. They may come to you and say, you know, Dad, you know, Mom says these things and it really hurts me. Mm. It really bothers me. You know, so at least they, they and you be there, you be that support to them, you know. Um, you can't, you, you know, I, I don't, I, I really, I know that there's a lot of bitter uh, mothers out there, and that does happen a lot of times for a lot of good guys, and I hate that. You know, I really do. Mm-hmm. But all you can do is continue to be a good parent and keep that environment open and nurturing to that child and let them know that, they, hey, you can come talk to me, I understand what your mom said, but, hey, I'm not that, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. Mm. I love you. you know, I'm here for you. I, I will do whatever. I will go to the moon and back for you, just like your mom did. I will go to the moon and back. That's all right. you can do. That's all yeah. you can do. You can't lose another person, you know what I'm saying? But you better believe something. That child is no, That child's not going to be a child forever. They, too, themselves will become an adult and become an adolescent, and they will learn what dysfunction looks like, and they will see where the mm-hmm. dysfunction is coming from. And they'll know where it feels safe. Yeah. Yeah, and and Yoni, uh, it 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 could be very frustrating. I'll be honest with you. I mean, just not just speaking for me, but others that we conversate. I mean, you know, we're the ones that's making sure they have tutors. We're the ones that doing the the, have the teachers on speed dial, or they have you on speed dial. We're the ones that's going to their football games and doing all these different things, and then Mm -hmm. mom still gets to still be mom, (laughs) and and do the bitterness and the emails and all the different things, and it's not, you know. So that that's that's a that's a frustration, Yoni, that it, we struggle with, because um, we love our kids, but we still struggle with the frustration, you know, with that with that type of scenario. Definitely, <clears throat> and, and vice versa too. Um, sure. So I feel like. As long and it is what she said is just what I've already said is that when children get old enough, they're going to see what is what. Even no matter what mom has said, no matter what mom has set up, or or even dad, well, no matter what dad has set up or dad has said, they're going to see it for themselves and make their own judgments. And sure. it might take a longer than what you would want, but it's definitely, absolutely, I agree 100% with what she says. You have to set your boundaries at your house. And even if it is, hey, kids, what do you think would be good rules for our house so that we can um, have peace and balance and feel safe in our house, even if it's doing that with them so that they they feel like they had a say in what goes on in your house. You're, there are ways to do it. 
And I do understand the fear. It's just like um, what Lakeisha was saying with her mom saying, you know, I didn't want you to hate him. That that's that's something that fathers go through, and I wholeheartedly understand that. But you still have to move forward with what is right. And and for this gentleman that's that's emailing and saying, you know, I want my, you know, I, I don't know if I, I should leave because I'm crying every night, but she doesn't want to counseling. Your children are going to mirror whatever relationship you put in front of them. They're going to pick the same mates. They're going to, especially if you show them that it's okay, and by saying, unfortunately, you're showing them that it's okay. So Mm. the words that are coming out of her mouth are going to come out of your kid's mouth if they're females, or the words that are... Or, or, or the, the abuse that you're suffering, your sons are also going to suffer. So one of the major movers for me is that I did not want my child to become, my son, to become a woman abuser. I didn't want mm. that for him. That's right. So I had to make moves for my children to make sure that they were going to be okay. Mm. Lakeisha, a follow on that. Yes, I wanted to say as far as with him being concerned about what mom says to the children uh, by being in a separate household, just to kind of uh, to, to give another view of the control factor, if you can't control the way she speaks to you in front of you and y'all live at the same address, right. why are you worried about trying to control what she says away from you at a totally different address? At mm. that point, you have mm-hmm. much more freedom. And being mindful that even though our children are children, they're still, they still have cognitive functioning going on in there. They know right. the difference right. between positive and negative. They know what they right. see versus what they hear. They know if someone's saying, well, this parent is a horrible parent and they're never doing this, but they never see that, and they always see that person as the responsible one or the one that's there, the one that's safe, the one I can talk to about anything. They know that. They know that. Mm-hmm. So this person exactly. is... Um, and I'm going to use one of my, my country analogies, is they're throwing dirt in the air trying to cover up the sun. That's never going to work. That's mm. not your worry. That's not your business. What they say, that's their problem. That's not your business. Yeah. Great, great point and, and, and good um, uh, uh, good information. You you only can do what you can do. Um, and don't bang your head against you. Well, I, yeah. I, I, I remember, though, I've had some people say, well, you know, you you wind up eventually, unfortunately, getting divorced, and then it's like, well, uh, one one ex spouse is still, you know, I, I say I, I use the term stuck on crazy, and the other one wants to move on, and then you get your so-called friends. Going back to what um, Yanni said in terms of those groups, uh, that what did you do? Wait a minute, what, what did I do? I mean. What did I do in the relationship is really of no consequence at some point if you're already divorced or you're moving in that direction. It doesn't really seem like that would be the question to ask a person. If the person is just stuck on crazy, they're just stuck on crazy uh, is a term that I I use. Um, so I got a question from um, Maria. Maria. This says, and it goes back to, I don't know if it was Yanni or whomever, but I want to go with you, Yanni, first. And they said, what about those, and she said, how detrimental is it for those who live vicariously through other marriages? And that is your parents Mm. lived, had it for 50 years, 
or she said even reality TV. People watch this stuff on reality and think, you know, you turn on BET, you think it's all going to be happily ever after. Like you guys said, 50 years, it's going to be some, some, some situations taking place. So, Yoni, what about how dangerous is it, dangerous is it for people to live through other seemingly, quote-unquote, perfect or long-lasting <laughs> marriages? Okay, it depends on what lens you look at it through. So if you look at the sun and you put on, you know, it doesn't matter what you put on, it's going to blind you, okay? So on a bright day, you want to put on sunglasses. So when I say lens, that's what I mean. So what lens are you looking at these relationships on? If you're looking at a relationship to have a conversation, what, what did you see? Did you like how she talked to him? I didn't like that. Well, what can we do to make sure that we don't act like that? So if we're looking at, like, I don't know, the housewives or whatever, because I don't watch these shows. It's so sad. Um, But definitely knowing that, and this is something that I learned early on, even our Facebook friends who seem to have this wonderful relationship with pictures and they're feeding each other, we don't know what they went through to get that relationship or what they're doing to keep that relationship. We don't know if it's an open marriage or if it's a closed marriage or if they're swingers. Or it, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And and to the point, something that we talked about in my sister circle was that these long-term relationships, our grandma and our grandpa, we do have to understand as women, and I'm speaking specifically for women, um, not for all women, of course, but specifically for women, that a lot of women did not have access to lawyers or money or whatever. So getting mm-hmm. a divorce was unheard of with these 50 mm-hmm. and 60 year old marriages but then you'll hear about grandma at 80 years old getting a divorce and you wonder why because he was mm-hmm. giving her hell for 50 years so mm-hmm. just because they've been married longevity does not equal happiness it does not and facebook right. pictures do not equal happiness it does not and definitely when the cameras come on and they clowning does not equal happiness Your happiness has to be developed within you and your mate and however it is that y'all vibe. And as long as it makes you happy, don't worry about what everybody else got because you're you're striving for something that you probably cannot reach because they don't have it. Sure. uh, Lakeisha, go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought that was Lakeisha speaking. uh, Let me go to Tanisha. I said two cents. Oh, I, I, I <laughs> you threw that in at the end. I thought that was Lakeisha talking. Um, Tanisha, with um, with that being said, you know, with with uh, as Yoni talked about the re- reality wives, and you know, people people watch reality reality TV. You know, Tanisha is is popular because people like to see other people miserable. So then they, if they're miserable, <laughs> they see other people miserable on TV. They go, okay, I feel better now. So they watch this kind of stuff. Um, so, Yikes. but at the same time, Tanisha, they watch this stuff and they go, well, why can't my man be like that? Why can't my wife be like that? And, and they get this falsehood of what their marriage could be. Again, thinking outside the box and being creative that it really is rather than watching it on TV and thinking this, this Cinderella story. It's like the sister said earlier, unrealistic expectations. You know, it, it all boils down to unrealistic expectations. You watch these people on TV and then you say, why can't, you know, why can't my woman do this? Why can't she do that? Or why can't my man do this? Or why can't my, that's unrealistic expectations. 
you're wanting your mate to be something that is by, in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. That's not realistic. That's not realistic. You know it's what not I'm even saying? realistic in their relationship. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, okay, it's like, here's the, here, and I'm, I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to bring it up. Here's the realistic part of it. Okay, um, you know, I've seen some, you know, guys say, you know what, I want her to look a certain way all the time. Are you serious right now? Like, be serious right now. This is not realistic. Same thing for women. I've seen women be like, oh, well, you know what, I was attracted to him, but now we've been together for a minute, now we've got a little belly. Okay, are we serious right now? Like, you know we are we are going to change. We're, we're, our bodies are going to change. Yes, you, you try your best to stay fit, but, you know, things like that, it happens as you age. You know, so it's having unrealistic expectations, wanting things that are make-believe. Make sure your relationship is realistic and fits within the boundaries of who you're with. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't have unrealistic expectations of each other. You know, I think that's where a lot of things come in and people looking at other people's relationships. And I'll tell you, I was guilty of that. My parents were married 48 years, and so... Um, my parents were older. My parents were born in 44, 1946. So I was raised in a very traditional black home, extremely traditional. Um, and, you know, when I got into a, a long-term relationship, and specifically when I, as I, you know, started dating women, I found myself transitioning my mind to more archaic type ways, trying to seemed like I was emulating my father, and I really had to begin to check that because it was causing a detriment to my relationship. So when you look at other people's relationships, don't envy. You don't envy. Never envy the next person. Envy is something but you don't want to do. Never envy it, the next person's t- relationship. It, but, Tanisha, is that is that a, 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 um, a generational thing? It, you know, whether it's, it, you know, um, your parents are born a certain time, so, you know, and these these days, like with the Black Lives Matter things, these young people, they ain't playing this shit. Like, they're not taking, you're not going to call me the N-word and stuff like that. They're not playing it. And the old people, right, my age or older, they need to step to the side and let these people be their people. Just like when we wore the big buckles and all that, we had our fad, let the young people do it. So is it a young people thing? Is it a generational thing where you're not going to look at it from an archaic standpoint, but you're just going to look at it from a relationship standpoint? Well, I think it depends on the culture. I mean, whatever it is that you decide. Yeah. Well, I mean, because uh, again, if if your if your parents were born in 1944, as opposed to 1984, maybe it might be, be because of the times, as Lakeisha said, in this day and age in this country, it may be slightly different. Right, and people so, have so to I, understand that. So I have three children. I have a 26-year-old, a 19-year-old, and a 16-year-old. So my 26-year-old is absolutely for her gender role. She likes to stay home. My 19-year-old, my daughter, she is absolutely, I will never do gender roles. And my son is like, well, I want my, do- I want my woman to be independent. So it, I, again, depends on the individual. I don't think it's a time period thing. It just depends on what feels better to you. Hmm. Mm. Lakeisha, you know, same question, and, you know, I, I'll take it even to uh, when you look at the, 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 the church. I mean, the fact is that um, mm-hmm. if, if you're in a, um, 
a situation um, when you're in in the church, it can be a different perspective on that. So, what, what what's your your thoughts in that? Um, as far as with gender roles in the church, or no, mimicking it, um, someone's marriage. Right, and in terms of like you, you, you go into the church, and a lot of people, you know, everybody's all you see that couple, and they just don't seem to have any issues in the world, and and you're looking at it, not you, but then people looking at it like, boy, they just look like the perfect couple, the kids all lined up and everything, and everything seems to be perfect, and we know it's got to be some stuff going on at home because we're human, but we look at those situations. Well, the thing is, uh, with that, I I encourage people to be very mindful about when they are looking at another person's marriage. Let's just be honest. When people go to church, you're not going to see nothing dirty and dingy and dusty. You put on your best church clothes, you put on your best church behavior, and you go sit down. So when you're looking at someone like that, if it's a, a person, and I'm thankful for the pastors that we have, um, if it's a person that can sit down and talk to you and say, hey, these are some struggles that I went through in our marriage. You may or may not face those, and um, this is how we work through them. You may or may not be able to use that, but it's just to tell you that, you know, I'm a person too. Don't go into – I encourage uh, people to, when they're going into relationships on any level, temporary, short-term, long-term, whatever – to go in and and to wonder what what am I getting from this? Am I looking to build up on some type of fantasy that I have of what this relationship will be, or the fantasy of what I have about someone else's relationship? Right. Um, and in living out that fantasy, what do you have to give up? Because like, we are in real life, fantasy never works. Right. So therefore, you right. have to throw away that fantasy. I encourage people to throw away the word perfect. Well, they have the perfect marriage. There's absolutely no such a thing. And, yes, I said such a thing. <laughs> There's absolutely none of that. Because they're, with, with perfect, that means each person has no flaw. Each interaction is flawless and seamless. And each decision is flawless and seamless as well. There's, there's no right. way. We, we're all people. So, and to say they have this one trait that I like, that's one thing. But to attempt to mimic, well, they dress alike every Sunday. Let's come in, let's dress alike. Cause that's got to be the way they get along and love each other. Oh, well, she always sits to his right. You always sit to my right. That's the way a wife should be. That is absolute nonsense. They, there's reasons that people have certain interactions with each other, and if you don't know those reasons, you'll be mimicking it out of, out right. of just um, nonsense. Uh, and, you know, Vir- Virgil just chimed in, and, uh, I mean, it's, it might be sort of a simple answer, but uh, he said, is any of this really realistic in the sense of what we want as opposed to what we actually put out. I guess what he's saying is that uh, we're saying, okay, well, these are the signs and these are the do's and the don'ts. But even in our head, in our psyche, we still kind of fall short of these things. We're, we're falling short of 
you know, okay, yeah, we don't want to look at other marriages, but we wind up looking at other marriages. What, it, it, are we falling short in our, our flawlessness, if you will, uh, as human beings to understand that we're going to fall in these, these pitfalls, Lakeisha? Well, look at it like this. If if you see a couple and they're always, they seem to love to, to talk to each other and they're always laughing and enjoying each other's company, talk to them. Don't just look from the outside and say, mm, I'm going to do right. that. And then you go and right. copy. Go talk to them. Ask them, how did you get there? How did how right. do you guys have that? This is something that we don't have. I want us to be able to develop that because your developing of that is going to be in in a different way. The way you interact with your significant other is not ever going to mimic that specific relationship. Ask those people. Exactly. Don't just be an outside observer. Um, mm. When you ask those people, then talk to your mate. Do they want that? They might not right. like your jokes. Mm. And so you yeah. guys have to develop what you what you both want to have a healthy relationship. You only right. do it. What do you do? You just walk up to somebody and go, and I mean, you see him in church, or you see him and go, well, "What's your?" I mean, I remember, I, I and I, it wasn't even. It was kind of a casual conversation, Yoni, and I asked the guy. You know, he said he was married for thirty-eight years. I, I'm in sales and stuff, and he said he was, you know, married for thirty-eight years. And I said, "What's your secret?" He said, "Well, you want to be happy, or you you want to be right," and that was his answer. Mm. So, yeah, so, so you just real. kind of walk up, you just kind of have these conversations with people that you know you've been that they've been married for a long time, and obviously you know they've had their ups and downs. But how do you kind of approach that type of thing? If, if brother, you just dropped you a gym though. That's a gym. <laughs> that is a wholehearted gym. You don't understand. Sometimes it is worth taking the L so that your marriage is happy. Right. Yeah, you might be right. You absolutely might be right. She might need to soak that dish, but she wants to scrub it. Mm. Let her scrub the dish. If that's what makes her happy, let her scrub the dish. That is the gym he left you. Do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? Right, but I mean in terms of how do you approach that conversation. We just kind of was talking. Yeah, but exactly how you did. Hey, you know what? I've seen you've been married for 38 years. What are some gems you can leave with me? What can you tell me that maybe I could take yeah. home? This is mm. very, yeah. yeah, just how you approached it was fine to me. And what he yep. gave you was the keys to the kingdom. Because mm. sometimes it, you you might have to take an L and say, you know what, you're right, boo, and let her go go on her <laughs> merry way. We've, and, and, come on, every woman on this phone call has had to take an L and say, you're right, boo, go ahead. Yeah. But Ew. but you know, it, it, <laughs> but you know, to Denisha again, like I, I was joking around, and Johnny's right. She's she's absolutely right. You take whoever takes the L, they take the L. But you know, I mean, a, a lot of us, you know, with, with men, we want to feel like we're in charge. Y'all might make the decisions on buying a car, or whatever, and we, but and you add us in, but you really know you're gonna make that decision anyway at the end of the day. So, but we want to feel like we had a little something to do with it, and you. Y'all stroke our ego, right? You stroke it, and and but it it is what it is at the end of the day. But again, you know, uh, it, it's going back to this whole give and take, and and the fact that if you see someone that maybe they 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 might be going through some stuff when you ask the question, but you still ask the question to me. 
You said would I still ask a question to them? I would, yeah. I mean, you would still ask the question to them, even they might be going through whatever they're going through at the point. At the point. I mean, I think I would have to weigh that out and see like how bad they're going through. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. I mean, if that really looks like they're going through, I, yeah, I probably wouldn't answer the question. But if it looks like they're going through and then things are starting, they work out. Then maybe after that, I'll be like, you know, you know, maybe ask a question, you know. But if for me personally, honestly, if I saw them going through, I, I, I probably wouldn't ask the question. You know, that's just me personally, and that's just more of a respect for boundaries thing for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if I can add sure. in on on this too, um, I would hope, and and in your in your long term relationship marriage. Um, you have talked about your relationship goals where you are trying to be as a couple in 10 years, in 15 years, in 20 years, in old age, whatever that age will be for y'all. Now, in that, um, there is uh, you have to identify what are you going to learn in, in, in speaking to these people that you do meet along the way. Um, right. In meeting people along your along your path in life, you you need to be able to learn from them. What are they doing in their relationships that that's positive? Ask them. That's why talk, you can talk to a complete stranger, and they can give you such nuggets of wisdom that some of the closest family and friends you have don't are not able to give to you because either you don't receive them the same. Because I know what you've been through. How how dare you try to tell me how to be married and you'd have been married twenty eleven times. But when you're receiving from a person, you also have to identify what is the wisdom and what they're giving me. How do I turn that knowledge into wisdom? When that person was saying, Well, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? What they're really telling you is in life you gotta pick your battle. Mm. How important mm-hmm. is it to mm-hmm. me that I have to come across as, uh, for a lack of better term, as winning in this. And the other part of that, too, is what does winning mean to me? When you have the focus on your relationship that I have to be uh, knowledgeable about everything, I have to win at everything, I have to be right about everything, what you're doing is you're automatically putting your significant other at a deficit. So mm-hmm. when he's telling you, you have to pick your battles, that's really telling you, check yourself and your intentions with the interaction you're getting ready to have. If if this is not something that's going to, you know, go against all your morals and values, is it really a battle that has to be a battle? Just have a discussion, exactly. agree, make whatever exactly. agreement you guys have, and do that. That is one thing um, that I've heard repeatedly and asking people, that are even newly married, um, have been married for about the same time my husband and I have, have divorced and come back together, have been married for a long time, just to sit down and ask the question of yourself, how important is this to go into uh, a possible negative interaction with my significant other, and then to think past yourself. We as people, especially in the U.S., don't really practice thinking past ourselves in a lot of areas. And that really is another uh, thing that we go into relationships at a deficit because we go in thinking, well, what am I going to get 
from this relationship. You haven't thought about what you have to offer, if you have anything, because mm. uh, you're, you're poor and maybe dust. You may have nothing to give in. So what what am I, what is the whole purpose of this? If you go into the relationship mm-hmm. with a selfish mindset and an empty bucket so you have nothing to pour, can you really uh, say, well, heck, I'm doing all I can? You're probably not if you're honest with yourself. Right. Great point. Um, it, I uh, want to get into what I call my gimme five, which is about five questions and because we're running out of time, but we can go over um, in this. And um, the first one, I'll start with you, Lakeisha, is money. Um, Barbara has said that she makes more, and she likes a certain lifestyle. Her husband, who she loves, um, is not on the same page, she said. And she said that, you know, um, that, you know, she, they come from different backgrounds. She didn't say which one, but I guess I could elaborate on that. Let's say if they come from, if he comes from humble beginnings or from the hood or the projects and she comes from money or never had to work for it or whatever, is that something that can work, Lakeisha? Is that something that they can come on the common ground? Because really, if you think about it, if they if he comes from no money or the hood and she comes from privilege and, you know, um, money or never had to work for money, then how do you kind of mesh those things together in a marriage? The The money piece is very, very important as far as mm-hmm. determining what weight you put on money is something that both people need to talk about and be completely and utterly honest about. If one person is not a good saver, the other person is a better saver, they need to talk about what their financial goals are because that can and will, because in in the United States, that's the number one reason people get divorced is because Mm, of money. And they get divorced Mm -hmm. because of money because you're not talking about it and you're assuming. And then to say that, well, this person was raised this way, I was raised this way, and therefore we don't communicate well about money, that has absolutely nothing to do with it. The thing is, regardless of the way you were raised, as an adult, you have a choice on what you decide to do with money. Now, if you like to buy high-end things and that, that is your preference, hey, I make this amount, if the bills are paid, then I want to be able to spend this amount on whatever high-end item I want. You all need to have that conversation. Even though mm-hmm. your significant other may not buy high-end, they might go to Goodwill and find the exact same thing you just bought. That might show right. you that, hey, I don't have to spend $1,000 when I can go to Goodwill and get it lightly used for 150 So you, you've, got, you've got to have that communication and that trust that regardless of what your tastes are and what your wants are, that you'll come together in the middle to get some type of agreement and boundary put in place. And please, 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 uh, I, this is just my uh, little soapbox. Don't worry about whether the man or the woman brings in more money. At the end of it all, y'all are bringing it into the same household. It's mm-hmm. either going to be a benefit to the household or it's going to be a deficit to the household. 
Right. And Tanisha, I guess the to follow up to, to extend on what uh, Lakeisha was saying, um, again, have that scenario. So um, the one person is used to the grind. They they didn't been through some stuff and they had to grind to get to where they are. The other one mm-hmm. has not had a care in the world and everything's been given to them. So can they mm-hmm. can they relate to each other? And if you've Naughty by Nature had a, a, a part of their, their song was like, if you've never been in the ghetto, stay the bleep out of the ghetto. So if you've never experienced it, so how could you understand it? So if, if, if you are two different spectrums, in terms of upbringings financially and all of those things, how do you come to a middle? Well, first, you know, effective communication is going to be key. But here's the thing. you One person from the grind and another one not from the grind, you still can equally learn from each other's positives and become one functioning unit. So if that one person is from the grind, and let's say that that grind, you know, hopefully it switched over to something legal. You know, so they work real hard. They grow businesses. They're really good at that. You know what I'm saying? And the other person is, you know, maybe they're used to working an eight to five or whatever. You know, you can learn. You can lean on each other's best assets with each other. You know, you can come to a common grind. I mean, you can come to a common understanding with that. You know what I'm saying? So you just, for me personally, I think you lean into what each other is best. Best, best suited from each other, you know, positive attributes from each other. You know, you don't always, and that person that's on the ground has to understand you don't always have to be on the ground. You know, that's a big thing, too, to understand. Like, if in a situation like that, you don't have to always be on the ground. You can enjoy that more comfortable, laid-back life, you know. So mm. bringing that together, you say, okay, I always, just, that person used to always be on the ground, and I'm more of a calm life. I come from a more even-keeled life. Then lean on each other's attributes, the good attributes to try to come to a common understanding in the middle, a common mm. ground in the middle. Yeah, and and it, let me be clear, I guess, um, uh, up top, East Coast, I guess, the uh, the grind I meant is like working hard and never had a silver spoon. Um, what you're gotcha. talking about, uh, what you're talking about, Tanisha, is, um, is doing dirt. And that's a whole, you know, uh, so I'm not talking about doing dirt. That Maybe they did no, dirt, same, but, but yeah, same thing. Same yeah, you yeah, you, you're yeah, right. Same thing. So, yeah, like so. Yep. For instance, in, in, in my relationship, I I am a go getter. Okay, right. I'm a go getter. Uh, I, I I I will get out. I will go get it. You know, between private practice and I work in administration, and I try to develop another business. But my spouse, my current spouse, she's not like that. She right. works. She's a career woman. She likes to work eight to five. That's what she likes to do, and she likes to grow herself in that. You know, but that works out well for me because, you know what, that calms me down and I have to realize, okay, you can, sometimes you need to take a break and just enjoy, you know, enjoy being, enjoy just sitting around. So you you got to learn from each other's attributes when you're like that, you know, and say, okay, well, that person may calm you down. Or that, may, that other person may say, okay, you know what, come on, you need to get up and get it. You've been saying that you want to do these things. Come on, let's get this executed. And they may, they may push you that way. So that's, that's a, way, a way you can come together. And and that that's a great point. And, and, and Yoni, I guess too to, to to add to that, if let's say hypothetically the the woman is again given everything, and and the man is you know the black man is you know he's just like 
uh, Tunisia said on the grind, and he got about five different hustles going on. But it, it's illegal. I mean, it, I mean, it's legal, and he's doing what he needs to do. And he's always been that way. That's what he's that's what he's used to. And um, uh, obviously, again, everybody knows this. They're married at this point, but but they but it it's always seems to be sort of an issue because you know. Um, not all men, right, are money hungry. They just want to take care of their family, and there's a difference, right? You just want to be able to provide for your family, have a comfortable life, and then you may get some uh, a, a woman, or you can flip flop it around that may feel like they, you know, no, I mean, daddy gave me this and daddy gave me that. Well, I don't really. Some men don't really want to hear those type of things. They just want to be able to do. You know, just kind of live in their zone. So, is it a a sense of uh, stepping out of uh, your comfortability zone and and compromising in those cases, or or would it be a a real a huge concern? Okay, so if you're saying that somebody's already married and they married somebody outside of their um, demographic, let's say it like that, um, then that's something that they're going to have to weigh out because you married them. You should right. have known what it was that they were into. And so, therefore, you're going to have to um, deal with the repercussions of that. It's just like the same thing if you marry a crackhead. If that's who you're not saying to people from the street right. are crackheads, don't come for me. Um, <laughs> so, um, it's just once you know who it is that, you know, you have uh, married, you have to deal with that because that's what you chose. Right. You knew that going in. So, you cannot be surprised when that is what they do. Okay. Right. So going back to um, what you guys have been saying, it doesn't matter if they lived on the same street with the same people, um, grew up in the same neighborhood with the same socioeconomical status, the name of the those two people living in that house and they, they come and they get married, they're going to have different values because their households are different. It doesn't matter if their parents worked at the same job, their cultures are different. The name of the game is what you already said. It's compromise. So say this sister has, she likes high-end things. She and he are going to have to have a conversation. Like most of the time, if you're handling the money, then we will say, but on my days when it's my self-care day, I want to buy myself these things and I want to spoil you too. And they have to have that compromise. Even if it's compromised with the budget, it's still compromise. So Mm. it doesn't matter where you come from or what your values are. What you pick, if you're going into this marriage, know who it is that you're marrying, so know what, to, what it is that you want to expect. And then, two, be ready to compromise because you have to. You, you two are two different people from two different households raised with two different people who are also raised, raised in two different households. You create your culture. Mm. Yoni, now, also, what a, go ahead, Lakeisha. I'm sorry. My if bad. If I can add, sure. uh, because I don't know these uh, this gentleman that's asking this, he has to ask himself too, what did you introduce when you guys were dating? Because mm-hmm. if you introduce, hey, I I thought about you today and therefore I went and got you a Louis, or I thought about you right. today and I went and got you some red bottle. When you get married, you can't switch it up. You started that. You open that door. <laughs> or if you say, hey, you keep all your money, I'm going to pay every bill. You keep all your money, and then now you 10 years into marriage, and you're like, you know what, I need you to start keeping some money over here. That's right. You started that. 
So you have to look at what what did what door did you open and how you might need to adjust and ask to get that door closed and a different path co- uh, created in the relationship financially. Very, very mm. true. Very. Yeah. And and, and Lakeisha, you're right. Like I, I, what you're saying, I guess, is what you brought to the table has to stay at the table. You can't be changing the table. Um, once you, if, when you're dating and then you get married, you're trying to show a different side, I guess, uh, essentially. Staying right. with, stay with you, Lakeisha, real quick, socially conscious. I mentioned that way back in our interview, and I appreciate you guys staying on as long as you have. Um, it, it, and these are all questions. So it, in, in this climate, and I go to you first, Lakeisha, because I, I remember you mentioning it in, in terms of black women in this climate. But in this climate, Black Lives Matter and all of the dif- different things that uh, we as people of color go through it specifically with black women, um, is how important and how detriment can that be in a marriage if, if you, right, are like, you know what, this police brutality is too much. We got to speak out. We got to stand out. We got to all of these things and your spouse is like you know you know whatever i'm going to work i ain't got time for that it's it's this crab in the barrel type thing i got mine you get yours how do you even um you know be able to have a relationship with someone that, that if it's that serious to you and that passionate to you on one side and they're like okay i'll leave it to you and everybody else to deal with um I would hope that conversations would have been broached before marriage or deciding to stay in a long-term relationship. However, if in these times you're a person that is going out to the, what I call the front lines and you're recording or you're speaking out, you're doing marches and your significant other is like, I'm going to stay at home. I think there's a way to get to a common ground with that. Um, for one, explain to that person why it's so important for you to be at ground zero, what it means to you, what you are hoping to do for those that come after you, and how you would appreciate their support in that. But also know there's more than one way to stand up against injustice, uh, to stand right. up against um, uh, systematic racism. There's so if they're not on the front line, maybe they're responding in a totally different way. Maybe they're purchasing everything that comes into the household from black-owned businesses. Maybe uh, they are looking at ways to invest in um, the African-American community wherever you guys are. Maybe they have even went and put a community garden out to say, hey, you bring something, you plant it, we all harvest from the same thing. So you have to be mindful to not downplay just because that person is not responding the exact same way you are. Don't downplay their response, but also have that communication about what it means to to be in support of the black community because that's not just saying those folks outside the house. They're saying, in this house, too, I'm supporting you and I'm with you and we're doing this thing called life together. Mm. 
And, and Yoni, we, I mean, you and I talked over the weekend about Memorial Day, of the, about the, the Tulsa massacres. You, you, all three of you there, you understand what's going on there. But Yoni, uh, and all the, um, the celebrations or uh, um, no, things no, that no, were no, taking no. place. No, no, no. I'm not celebrate, not celebrations. Don't but say the, celebrations. The fact, no, I, I was going to correct myself. The remembrance of of those things that have taken place. The fact that it's been. Um, not really at a hundred yeah. years, but not even uh, the fact that if you're not in, in Tulsa or in Oklahoma, a lot of, of our folks don't know about it and don't want to know about mm-hmm. it in some in some cases. And so, and of course, the Europeans don't want us to know about. It, but that's a whole different conversation. But there, there is there's those things there, and you're conscious about it, and you worry about it, and you don't want to repeat these things. And then you may have a spouse that's like, uh, you know, I'm not really, and you're passionate about it. And so, uh, uh, again, there's that disconnect. That would irritate me, to be honest with you. Like, I can't, uh, if we're married and you're not going to be, I mean, these people are killed and slaughtered like animals. And, and, and their business is destroyed. You're not involved with it. Uh, I mean, yeah, shoot, shoot an email out. Share it on Facebook. We share everything else, selfies and everything else. Why not just do that and be a part of it in some small degree, like Lakeisha is saying? I guess, like I said, I feel like you would have com- com- you know, conversed about this prior to getting married, especially mm-hmm. you know, during that, that, that honeymoon phase. You talk about everything. So that's something I feel like that people should talk about. But I do want to point uh, out, because with... I did not know about the Tulsa Race Massacre. I grew up in Tulsa, and I did not know about the, excuse me, Tulsa Race Massacre. Um, it took me leaving the state, going somewhere else, and then finding somebody came into my room and was like, you're from wow. Oklahoma, you're from Tulsa, wow. tell me about this. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then mm. I had to go back to my people and ask, well, what's, what is this about? And it's fear. It's a lot of fear. The Tulsa people grew up with a lot of fear. It took us coming back, and I do mean like the X generation, Generation X, coming back and talking more about it, pushing forth these efforts, and, and millennials picked it up, and then Aziza picked it up, and now it's a whole movement, especially with the centennial. It, it's a good time to be alive to see the changes coming, but it's not far enough, and we know this. But mm-hmm. in a relationship, I have to say that when I first came forward, I, I, I can't lie and not say that I was not scared because I was a single mother. And then somebody broke down to me that in a village, everybody plays a different part. It's basically what uh, Lakeisha just said. Everybody plays a different part. So your part might be going to the demonstrations. Your part might be sharing a meme. Your part might be having conversations, or your part might be going into the infrastructure and actually petitioning for real change in, in the community. So your part may be different, or your part may be keeping the kids safe while mom goes out and does this thing. So it doesn't necessarily mean that there's that there's got to be a disconnect because your role is different. Right, and if we supporting roles. Yeah, and and Tanisha, I think it it does it does um, a a village to raise a child, and and we have to be able Mm -hmm. to have that kind of mindset, right? But when you when you look at those things and again again black women have just, I just I'm not just saying it like you're always at the forefront of getting stuff done and it's usually the mm-hmm. guy in in not all cases but uh, in some cases that 
is going to take the backseat in terms of social consciousness and justice because black women, who, by the way, if you look at the numbers in terms of police brutality, the numbers are alarmingly going mm-hmm. up. You know, I mean, uh, uh, Miss Taylor in, in, in Louisville and, and others you can see. So it's really going up in terms of the, the, the harm and, and, and the homicides, the murders that are taking place with black women. So but uh, having said that, if you have a man, a selfish man, you might be married to say, well, you know, what about me? I know you out there doing your thing and your protest, but, you know, I, I need you, too. It 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 it's gotta mm-hmm. it's gotta present some forms of of uh issues of in the midst of, of, of marriage. Yeah, definitely what? is but listen here's Tanisha. Being, it, Tanisha, I'm sorry. Being on the for oh, I'm sorry, being on the forefront, that's great, you know. Um, but also if she is married, she still has to give an equal amount of time to her spouse and nurture that as well. You know? Um, so it's like question is it really selfish so is he saying this every time you go to protest he's like what about me and that's the only time he's saying it or did you go out protesting you know four weeks out of the month and you know he's just upset because he wants one Saturday you know that's something you know you gotta you know take into consideration if that is the case you know what I'm saying um but I mean you 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 equally while you're giving to a, a good cause you also, while you're married, that is your responsibility to equally nourish that relationship as well. So you have to really ask yourself, is that is your mate being selfish or are you, you know, devoting too much time? You know, because there's different ways, like the sister said, there's different ways to show support. You don't always have to be on the front line, even if you're a front line worker. You know, you don't always have to be always in person, front and center. You know, you may be sending things on, on on social media, you know, posting things, putting them down, different things like that, different articles to bring uh, awareness. You know, you may be doing it that way. You may be doing it at your job. You may be bringing more cultural diversity to your job, you know, which those people in, at your job are a part of the, the whole world. So, you know, I think that, you know, I, I tend to be careful on that word selfish. Um, and, you know, it, it just are you making sure that, you know, you're not giving too much to being on the front line and also um, not taking care of your, your marriage as well? Absolutely. Um, any Anyone want to follow up on that? I just wanted to say as far as um, having that conversation, also if your spouse is uh, that's not wanting to, participate in a lot of out-front activities, they may have had some type of trauma associated with that. So they they may not know how to talk to you about that. Um, many right. African-American men have experienced police brutality up front and in such horrible ways that they may right. not feel comfortable going out to that front line because what if something happens to me and I can't protect my family that's with me up here or um, it takes me to a flashback because we as a race have been through a lot so we we really need to be more mindful of the words we use toward each other when we're communicating about Mm -hmm. anything but especially something as sensitive as race right now in this in this country um, if someone does not feel comfortable, do not push that person, please, because you don't know what right. that backstory is. Right. 
And that man, and also piggyback off of that, that man may feel that he's going to work every day, um, you know, being a dedicated worker to grow in that position so that he can, you know, so there's so many different ways that we see as black people or how we give back. You know, he may say, you know, if I grow in this position, I can pull somebody else up that looks like me. You know, and that's his contribution back to the cause. Right. Right. So sure. So we've got to keep that into consideration, you know. Right. And and as a black man, I, you know, I, I, we can sort of agree to disagree. I mean, we are endangered species. They want to kill and lock us up. So if if mm-hmm. whether you experience it or not, you know, welcome to the party. Like, it's going on. You're either going to be on one side. It's a football game. You're on the left side or the right side. And you, what side you on? You're going to be on the side of, of righteousness or you're going to be on the side of, I, I, you know, ain't my problem. If you are a black man in this country and you've never experienced it, okay, more power to you. But you're going to have your nigger moment at some point, and then you got to be able to, to deal with it. And that's just my two cents or, as a black man. Or you're a and, child. Well, yeah, yeah but right, but if but right, but my kids are teenagers and they know that they're gonna have that moment in this society in this country. So no, I, what I'm, I'm saying sorry. is, if it's not you, it might be your kid. So then right. what? Right, right. Thank you. Right. You're right. I missed right. it exactly. Right. So get in here. Stop with the whole. I never forget, and I told my boys, you know, uh, there was a scene and and uh, boys in the hood. The cops said, "I hate you, niggas." If there's a self-hate gene going on, and there's a there's a uh, a sense of uh, we're an endangered species. So if you have never experienced that as a brother, then it, I mean, ask Tiger Woods, and he still don't get it. So you right. know, I mean, he don't get it. And and again, I applaud OJ got off because some sisters got him off. Right, he might have did it. I don't know if he did. Most people think he did, but the sisters was the one that had his back. Y'all always have our back. We need to stand up and do what we need to do, you know, as black men. But I'm gonna get off my soapbox. The last um, questions I have were from people who are looking to be married. So, hmm. um, Tanika, Tanisha, said. How long should she wait? She said they've been dating for two years. She wants to be married. They talked about marriage, right? How long should Mm -hmm. she wait? Should she see signs? And this is a question for all of you. How long should she see signs that he really is not going to marry her, Tanisha? Okay, so that's uh, they've been together two years? Two years. And so... I mean, that's something that, once again, it goes back to those initial when you're first dating and dating with a purpose and courting and learning each other, you know. You know, did he say, hey, you know what, I, I, you know, I don't want to get married. You know, I want to I, I want to get married when I have these X amount of things done in my life. Did that line up with what you wanted? You know, I mean, if she's ready to be married and he's not ready to be married, then that's something she needs to take into consideration, you know. What those red flags are, you know. I mean, how committed is he? There's a lot of, you know, things that she may need to take into consideration as far as, you know, um, she may need to have another discussion, to be honest. You know, and what does that look like? Does he want to be married? I mean, I'm one of those type of people that I believe in just asking direct questions. You know, no beating around the bush. You know, no beating around the bush. Do you want to be married to me? Yeah, do you want to be married to me? You know, and if he says, yeah, I want to be married to you, okay. 
So what does that look like time-wise? You know, I mean, be very, communication, being clear in communication is everything in a relationship. But, would, you but know, if Tanisha, says, oh, but if I answer, like a, but Tanisha, if I say, uh-huh, hey, but, yeah, you know, I love you, and, you know, I just want to get everything in right, I want my finances, they give you some kind of BS, are you going, I mean, how do you determine that? If if they give you okay, the answer, so the question with that is like, what does that look like? When you say you need to get everything right, I need specific details on what you're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. what do you mean get everything right? You know, are you saying, hey, you want to make wait till you hit 1.5 million per year, and you're raking 50,000 per year? Okay, this may not be realistic. You know, uh, or what do you what does that mean exactly when you say make sure, wait till I get every a lot of I've seen a lot of times that people say that they've heard that from from men and women. You know, to I got everything together. Nobody's gonna ever have everything perfectly together. It's uh-huh. impossible. You're not perfect right. people, so you're not gonna have it all together. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I mean, if he continues to kind of put her off or give her additional excuse after excuse, then that's something she needs to look at. It potentially those are red flags. You know, those are red flags. You know, if he says everything together, okay, what are those things that you said you need to get together? Is it that you're making fifteen dollars an hour and you've applied for another job and you're just waiting to hear back from that position? What does that look like? Time frame wise, if you say you want to marry me, what does that look like? Are we talking three years from now, four years from now, two months from now? What does that look like? You know, what does that look like? So really direct conversation actually solves a lot of issues. They've already been together two years, so they should be able to have a very um, open and honest conversation with each other. And she also mm. has to, one thing I tell women is this. Give, here's the thing, don't be ready to pounce. Give him the permissive environment to be honest. So if he want to say, like, listen, I love you, you know, and you're great, but you know what? I'm just not thinking about marriage right now. I want to still hang out with you. I want to still keep you with you. Then at least allow him to be able to say that and accept it. Accept it. Sometimes men tell women the truth and they don't want to accept it. And that's a key thing. He, yeah. he may, you know, sometimes women tell men tell women, hey, you know what? I'm not. I, I love you, but I'm not going to get married no time soon. Well, he just told you right there. So if marriage is in the cards for you within the next six months to a year, that's not in the cards for him. So y'all are not in alignment. So then you need to decide what you want to do. You're either going to say, hey, we are not equally yoked and I need to step on, or you're worth the wait if that's what you choose to do. But you mm. have to be honest and patient. Yoni, if I'm in my playing days and I'm like, I'm telling you what I want you to hear, um, you have to um, use your wisdom that God gives to you to, to discern all of that and um, the fact that you want, as Tanisha said, that you want to decide if you want to stay or or go. How do you how do you kind of de- determine that? Because you you really want to be married to this person, or you want to be married in in general. So how do you kind of Deal with what Tanika is talking about. She's been she's been with this guy for two years. Okay, so I'm the wrong person to ask that because my <laughs> father told me that. Um, well, one, he told me that God told him that you know my mother was his wife and that um, he and he was a player, um, and so he said he smooth walked in while you know her date because he met her on a date. She was on a date, so when wow. her date went to the bathroom, he slid oh, in, got her number. And, and it was yeah. And My so man got some game, he, boy. Dang, he he got did, some game. right? 
He did, yeah. right? So he said, you know, you're supposed to be my wife. And she said, well, prove it. And so he courted her for six months and married her. Mm. I mean, so the question is, and I'm I'm all about what Tanisha said, you need to ask direct questions. I am ready to be a wife. Are you ready to yep. be a husband? Not do you want a wife, because that's not the right question. Every man eventually wants a wife. Are you ready to be a husband? Because if you're ready to be a husband, maybe we need to start looking at time periods, dates, and things that we need to, you know, start doing together and building towards unifying our kingdoms, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's where I would start because but it, anything longer than a year, I'm looking, okay, brother, listen. You've been with <laughs> right. through all four seasons. <laughs> What uh-huh. what else is there to have? And if it is stacking his ends, which I get it, men want to be some men, and I do stress some men want to be the provider, and that's fine. I am all for that. But there, as, as she said, there needs to be clear qualifiers. What is the goal that you are trying to meet? Can I help you meet this goal? And if that's the case, why can't we meet it together if we're not you can go ahead and get married? There should not be a goal to be set to be married. Marrying is the unifying and, and many people, okay, so this we're going to turn this into that. Many people look at marriage as a, a, a relationship contract and that's fine. I actually look at it more so like a business entity. What you bring mm-hmm. to the table, what I bring to the table, when our, ta- when our entities collide, what are we going to benefit from this? And if you bring in child support, back taxes, maybe I don't want to be married to you. Right. So, I mean, Mm. there's always that. So you have to look at it from a business standpoint as well, because once you are married, you are an entity. Once you file those taxes together, you you have to get full divorce before you cannot file your taxes together ever again. Right. And and I think, too, Lakeisha, people don't think about it. uh, And and, and what about that, Lakeisha, because... You know, um, email it, which I'll I'll save for last. And I appreciate you guys staying up as long as you have. But but what about the slam bam? Thank you, ma'am. Everybody, they they all excited and they they've had sex before they got married and it's feeling really holes, you know, nice and 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 rosy and and everything. And and you're not asking um, the questions, or even if you are, you're not really believing. The answers that you're getting because you got your mind set on that person is that something that can work, Lakeisha, in the long run? The the thing I'll say because that can go a whole bunch of different ways <laughs> is because when 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 you throw sex out there, you, you cloud everything up prematurely. So I'm not saying save sex to marriage or save it till you turn however old. I'm saying take your time and get to know this person for who they are and show them who you are uh, fully, as fully as you can, as fully as you know yourself before you get into that. Um, as far as run, uh, being pressed uh, into getting into a marriage, you have to be mindful of, when you say marriage, I've never heard anybody put in their vows for the next year or for the next 30 days, this is what I can vow to you. It usually says, for now until forever. Hmm. And so when you're thinking about this person for now until forever, is this 
truly the person, their positives and their negatives, that you can see yourself growing and maturing with, uh, growing and building with. And if this is a person you can see that with and that person is not seeing it in you, then guess what? That is not the person for you. There's somebody else for you because they're not ready. Additionally, trying to give a person a sample of what a significant other, a wife, a husband is going to be, therefore you're playing the role without the benefit and the title, you do yourself a disservice because when that person Mm -hmm. is not receptive to it and decides, ah, no, not you, I'm going to move on, now you feel hurt and misused and abused and lied to, but you put yourself in that position to put everything up front and give wife, husband, significant other behavior for the title of uh, possibility, uh, situationship, uh, friend with benefits, and that was really what it was, but you were given so much more. So first and foremost, be honest with yourself. Why? What does marriage mean to you? When you're talking to right. this person about moving past uh, dating or wherever you are in your relationship and saying, hey, I would like to get married within the next year. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I have to offer to start as a husband or as a wife. Because you don't know what kind of husband or wife you'll turn out to be. It's all a process uh, that you have to go through as you grow in your in your relationship and your marriage. But Look, you know yeah, but you Lakeisha, how with. would you? Is it realistic to give, to give yourself? Okay, I want to be married in 2022. Isn't that putting pressure on you and the person that you're involved with? If you say, okay, I want to be married in 2022, Lakeisha. Okay, so my personal belief, I'll give you first, and then I'll give you the therapy portion. Um, I believe, just like uh, Tony had touched on, and I learned this from older people. Because I was wondering, how do you figure out, you know, is it after a month or two? If you go through the four seasons with somebody, and that that can be um, winter, spring, fall, and summer, but really what they translate to is when they're having the best time in their life, when mm-hmm. they're having the worst time mm-hmm. in their life, when they're growing, mm-hmm. and when they're being prone. Mm-hmm. When you can go through that with a person, and and see them and all of that, and they've seen you and all of that, that's when you can make the best decision about, you know what, this is a person I can be with. This is a person I, I believe I can grow with. This is a person that I believe I can benefit and they can benefit me in life. Now, mm-hmm. with saying, hey, I met somebody yesterday, I want to be married by 2023, and that's that, that is, that's a concern. Because after you get to know a person after all those seasons and you've been able to see see that, you can determine if, if this is a forever person or if this is a person I, I might just need to leave on this level right here and move forward right. in my process. So right. once mm. you're in there with that person that you say, okay, we've been through all these seasons, you've seen the best and the worst, I've seen the best and the worst, what, what are we doing? I, I would like to move forward. I believe we, you know, We've seen uh, each other's growth. We've helped each other. We could uh, be a positive impact in each other's lives. I want to be married within two years. What do you think? If that person is still saying, nah, I'm not ready, uh, or no, I don't want to get married, even if they started the relationship off, no, I don't want to get married, they already told you. 
So mm. take it for what they're saying. I don't want to get married. Even if exactly. you feel like, golly, this is the best person ever, this is not going to be the best person ever if they're telling you they don't want the type that you want. Exactly. Wow. Um, the, a great point. And I hear people say that. You see that uh, people saying, you know, they want to be married by the age of 50 or they want to be married by 2000, whatever the case may be. And I always was wondering, like, you put a time frame on it? Like, how does that, how does that really, really work in that matter? Lakeisha, would, uh, stay with you real quick and then go to, to Yanni and Tanisha. Is uh, what do um, the question came in? What do you do when you're? And this is really a a woman asking about their husband question. What do you do when your husband seems to be going through a midlife crisis, acting out or acting like he's not his age? Prince said in one of his songs, "Act your, your don't act like your shoe size, but but act your your age. Act your age, but not your shoe size." Is what he said. In the song, um, so so what do you do? Um, none of you are obviously my age, but I mean, if you had a situation and you're counseling somebody going through a midlife crisis, like a man, you know, wanting some uh, some young attention, if you will, um, how do you deal with that in a marriage, Lakeisha? That that all depends on what the behavior is and how is it affecting the relationship. If the wanting mm-hmm. the younger attention is going to clubs. Uh, and pretending to be single to see which young lady would be interested in you, that's causing issues in your marriage. If this person decides to start wearing certain clothes um, that may be considered a younger generation type of clothing, what's the problem? Right. Let, let them be exactly. the color of the of the Skittle bag. So what? Have it. But you have right. to look at how that, that behavior is impacting some people don't realize that as we age, you can look at yourself in your 20s, your 30s, 40s, 50s, and so on. You will see a whole different version of yourself if you actually look at mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. so if sometimes when we think a person is going through a midlife crisis, it's really possibly not a crisis. Possibly it's a stage of growth for them. Hmm. Is, 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 Tanisha, is it, uh, you know, sometimes you might have a, a 18-year-old, 20-year-old uh, child or whatever, and that you kind of connect mm-hmm. that way and you're still married and you kind of feel that way. And like Prince said, act your, act your, uh, your age and not your shoe size, but you're not really doing any harm to the relationship. Uh, then then uh, like Lakeisha said, how do, you, how do you approach that? Well, I mean, first you got to ask why is it that you have a problem with that if it's not doing any harm to the relationship? You know, so if that person is, you know, you know, listening to some younger music or dressing younger, you know, why, first you want to ask yourself, why does that bother me so much that my spouse is doing that? You know, mm. is it just because it's out of the norm for them or is it because it's, make, it's becoming frightening for me and I think they may go a different direction from me? You know, right. um, so, I mean... That's one of the things first you got to ask yourself is why does it bother you so much? If what they're doing is not hurting you, like if they're not like going out to the clubs, meeting people, but let's say they got an 18, 19-year-old and they heard that 18, 19-year-old son song or whatever, I mean, you know, I have a 18-year-old and you know what, I mean, I'm, you know, up there in age and sometimes some of the music that they listen to is catchy. And so mm. I might uh-huh. play it. 
it's catchy. It, it makes you want to dance. It makes you want to just move, and it's catchy. So, right. like, why would that? Why would that bother you? Got the spouses ask, why does that bother you so much that they have finding life inside of them? As you get older, you have you you find things that bring you more life. You know, you're like, you know what? This this brings me life. This makes me happy. And so, you know, one thing is question yourself, and then. Get with your maybe, like, hey, you know, I notice I see a change in you. You know, I just, what's that change about? You know, what's that change about? But don't do it in an offensive way. Do it in a, a curious way. Like, I want to know this new side of you. Mm. I want to engage in that new side of you. And, and Yoni, is that a is that an issue for the person who has a problem with that needs to be to be fixed? That, that you know, um, I, I'll be. I'll be, you know, quite honest, I'll be 51 in, in in a couple of weeks or a week and a half. And so my sons are in their teens. And so we, we have sports connections. And then if I'm with my spouse, you know, it may not, I may not have the music connection, but I have the sports connection. So is that is that something that someone who would have the issue with it need to fix? Or is that something that you know, both sides need to be sort of sensitive to to adjusting to. Okay, so I I will always reiterate that your house is your safe space. It is the place that you find peace. It is the place that, mm-hmm. you, feel that you should feel like you should be the most yourself. So right. if you are um, experimenting or if somebody is experimenting in their house with who it is that they want to be, I would say support them as long as they're not making a fool of themselves. Um, right. Right. Because at the end of the day, you, if it is your husband and they have a reputation or they have a business and it looks badly on that, then sometimes you do need to say, hey, I don't know if this is going to work well. But not, in, and as she said, not in a way that's going to be chastising, but in a way that from a business standpoint, you might want to think about how it is that you're handling these things. But as long as it's not hurting your business, as long as it's not hurting your relationship, I think that's fine for them to step out and do something different because, unfortunately, we are supposed to grow. The only thing that that doesn't change is is it dies. So we all go through growth and change. And you might need to find something new that makes you happy. That's all part of being in a relationship is knowing yourself and finding the things that make you happy. And that does change. So I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they should be prosecuted for it unless, of course, as I said, because we all need those friends who are going to say, girl, yeah, no, don't wear that ever again. Right. That did not look right. flattering. Cut that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> we all need that person that's going to be real and say, okay, love, I know that you're, you know, trying new things, but maybe not this because A, B, C, and D, and make sure that it's about something positive for them. It cannot out be about love. you. Right, out of love. Um, and then if it is a big deal to them, why are they changing? Because, of course, that does shake our, our kind of our stability because our old dependable is not old dependable anymore. They're doing new things, and it makes us feel a little self-conscious. Well, what does it mean? What does it mean? Then you have the question, hey, I see you reaching out. I see you doing new things. Can I join you? Right. I mean, exactly. include yourself. Right. Like, if you're Don't stagnate. Going to, start going to the gym, go to the, try to check out the gym with them. 
you know. Right. But it, I mean, it, I guess it too for Yoni though. It's very uncomfortable for some people to again. I guess the the broader conversation to the three of you saying stepping out of your box and doing something different. It, you know, it, we we are passive aggressives. We're nine to fivers, and doing things outside of that is very uncomfortable for us. Um, conversations and things of that nature. I would think Yoni would be uncomfortable. So with that, Yoni, it, 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 would it be, the follow-up is, it, and I appreciate you all staying on this long, um, would it be uncomfortable, um, I should say, would it be a concern, or when would it be a concern if something is different that could be sort of detrimental to your relationship with your spouse? When they, if they start acting in ways that are hurtful towards you, mm-hmm. um, whenever what they're doing starts infracting on your happiness, then you have the right to say, hey, I know you're going, you know, you're, you're looking out, you're doing new, new things, but this thing that you're, again, having the courage and the vulnerability, the you know, the trust to say, hey, this thing that you're doing right now is, is kind of bothering me, so maybe we need to find a new way to do this because this right here that you're doing is messing with me, and so can we try something different? That's when it you should be able to speak up. Also, if patterns start changing where it looks like that maybe they might be looking at stepping out or they might be paying attention in, up into other spaces, it's it's a that that should be a red flag and an indicator that maybe we need to have a conversation on what's going on. I mean, can I be a part of this? I mean, we can go to the strip club together. I'm all for it. So, I mean, you can include yourself in a lot of things. And, yes, it is uncomfortable to step out of your box. But it is also uncomfortable to lose somebody because you didn't want to grow. Right. Or you can – I I would think, too, that you can – I mean, the other alternative is that – well, anyway, I I get it. It, The fact is that, you you know, you want to make it work is which – what we're, um, you know, really portraying is is that is is it? Um, uh, Yoni, I want to stay with you. Final question to all of you. Start with you, Yoni. And the fact is, here's one that, um, you know, um, all of us at some point in some situations have come across. And um, the young lady Yolanda asked, is Dating sites really a good place to find your soulmate or marriage, Yanni? Um, I feel like that with today's society that it is not a bad place to find somebody. However, you must be very clear about what it is that you're willing to accept and not accept. And you also need to be able to distinguish real red flags. Like, I'll be honest with you, if, if within the first five minutes of our conversation, if you've called me baby, I've now lost interest. Or if you've asked me for a full body pick within the first ten minutes, I've now lost interest. So you have to be very clear about what your non-negotiables are and what it is that you're willing to accept and not accept and what those red flags mean. So what does somebody calling me babe mean within the first five minutes? Oh, you you trying to rush your relationship. So it means within the first couple of days, you're, you're probably going to uh, be like, oh, God, I love you. You're the best thing ever. I'm always thinking about you. No, you're not. Please stop. <laughs> also, I mean, and, and 
also be wary of your safety as far as online sites. Your first date mm-hmm. should never be in anyone's house. It should always yeah. be in a public place. He should never pick you up, not on the first date. You should meet there. And if, uh, and if all else fails, if you have a good best friend, shoot him a, a screenshot of that photo. Right. Just to be safe. In detail. So no. In detail. Mm-hmm. Well, right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lana. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish what you were saying. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm just saying no. I I did I I did have like a three year relationship off of somebody that I met on an online site, but we matched in such a way that it was good. Now he's and he's not a bad guy. He just was not for me, if that makes sense. So yeah, you can find love there. You just have to really scrutinize that comb that you're that you're combing with. And Lakeisha, to to you, I I don't know how you and your husband met. And divorced and got back together. God bless you in, the, in that. But um, I, it's a lot of people of find online meeting as a a way of convenience. Like you don't want to be, especially really want to be trying to hit on a woman in the grocery store. Do you? So you know, it's it. A lot of people uh, that I talk to are very skeptical. Like they may meet somebody they want to chat with, that they may have friends with, but not looking at them being their soulmates. Um, I I encourage people to just just as Johnny said, have those uh, safeguards up, but not to discount meeting someone online. Because some people, yes, they're online for not the best intentions, and other people are. They just don't have the avenues to meet other people or the belief that they can just, as you say, walk up to somebody in the grocery store and say, hey, I would like to get to know you better. Um, the thing is, there have been people that have, that I know that have had uh, long uh, dating relationships with people they've met online. There have been uh, people that I've known that have gotten married and are still married from people they have met mm-hmm. online. I think it all determined, is determined by what you put out there um, mm-hmm. as far as your, your interaction with those people you meet online. If you put out there a uh, full body, half-naked pitch and your tongue is hanging out your mouth, you might not necessarily get the folks that are focused on trying to get to know how you think. And what your spiritual right. beliefs are. So right. Wait a minute. Why really are you mindful. talking about me now? That's that's not fair. Don't talk about me. No, Yanni. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do yeah, it, Yanni. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. But you have to be mindful. And then that other person, what are they putting out there? We can see a lot of things by looking at a person's profile. I mean, heck, we know that on Facebook. You look at a person's profile, and you really can almost figure out a lot of the things that are near and dear to them. If they have a lot of pictures of their family or their pet, you know, that's, that's something that they value. But if you have a whole lot of pictures of, you know, material things or flesh, then you know, you know, if that's not the, the, the way you're trying to go, what you're getting. So just being mindful of, of what you're putting out and what you're receiving. Every person that responds to you, or says something to you on social media or whatever site you're on in dating, um, you don't have to respond to them. 
just like if you were out and meeting somebody. Everybody doesn't have to get your phone number. That's a great exactly. That's such a great point. And Asia, you on this. Um, one of the things that uh, we've Relationship is that if you're online doing the online dating and and you come across a profile that says you're you're a real woman and you're not looking for sex or whatever the case may be, yet they're doing ass shots. Like I mean, just be real with it. Like so, they take they you ain't looking for sex, but your, your pictures are all ass shots. So you what you give it you you saying one thing, but you giving something else, Tanisha, so and, and Latisha is spot on. Like, you don't have to respond to everything through the inbox or whatever you, that looks good, but it, it, again, that's a substance thing, too, but uh, how do you, how do you d- distinguish that in, in, in terms of online dating? Because, again, some people are comfortable with that way, and they really want you know, long-term, hopefully marital situation, but then they get, from the, the guy standpoint at least, uh, they get women that are really promoting something different. On a situation, I had a discussion with a friend and I'm losing you a little bit. It, I'm I'm losing you on the speaker thing again. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm not sure what's happening. A lot of static. Yeah. I got a lot yep. of static on my side as well. Got you. You're Can good. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good okay. now. You're real good. Okay. So I don't know. Like, so it's the same thing that the lady said. Like, here's the thing. I, I've had this discussion, you know, around and around with several different with my female friends, and whether you like it or not, you put out is perception is everything, you know? When you first initially meet someone, you, you know, you hate to say it, but you do, whether we should or we shouldn't, it happens. How they present themselves is how you take it, right? So if you go to a young lady's page and she says, you know, I'm looking for a serious relationship, you know, committed relationship, while I, while I can't, you know, it is her right to take those type of pictures, but she has to be aware of the perception that those type of pictures can give off as well. That's right. And then in turn, what type of attention that will bring back, you know? I mean, that's just, unfortunately, that's just how it works, you know? That's just how it works. Um, and so in a situation like that, if that gentleman chooses, or, if a, or it could be the same thing with a lady. You can have a guy who likes to... You know, reveal himself have him underwear and take shots of his, of his you know, teeth. You know, but, you know, if, if you choose to consider you to talk to that person, then you have to understand one thing for sure is that this is that type of person that is not going to change. If this is what they like to do, that's not going to change. And so if that's not something that attracts you outside of a sexual nature, if you want someone more modest, then you have to pursue someone more modest. That's just how that works. Real talk. And, 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 and people that know me on and off the air, I say this all the time. Women are more mature. Y'all are more aggressive when it comes to 
terms of education and all this is you're you you're more in tune and everything. Uh you think down, women think from the next let's just be real about that, right? We, we do. I mean that's just the way it is. That's the flow we get excited, y'all can do all all that kind of stuff, turn it off, turn it off. So so that is is really um that last point I'm trying to get to is the fact uh Ioni, and location and the Tunisia, the fact is that, you know, if you're on these sites, right, and you want that perception, as Tunisia said, to be there, many of them get what they get out of it sometimes, even when they don't see it. We just get what we get or what we want or what we're playing about. But I, I guess from the, the uh, person's email is that how do you uh distinguish that on a on a website as opposed to if you're being uh, and you're shorting somebody it's, it's what i said first it's what i said first you have to have your non-negotiables you have to know the red flags and when sure. they talk to you you have to understand that they're going off a perception of you and your goal is to dig deeper mm-hmm. So you have to have your your the red flags that are clear to you. What means that they're probably going to be controlling? What means they're going to be possessive? What means that they're just really playing games with you? So yeah, you just got to be very clear on what it is that you're seeking, and be clear about that up front. And and I put it in my profile. Uh, I'm not if you don't have a job, you don't have a car, because I mean all of this has happened at, at this age. No job, no car, um, no. Uh, place of your own, that's a me you know, I, I need you to at least have what I have in order to even start to build. And that's just to start to talk to me. You know, you have to have these tears because you are worth it. If you're doing busting your behind to get your stuff together, they should at least have the say. How many kids do you want the guy to have? Do you want him to have five baby mamas? You have to have these things planned out. That if they have three kids and five baby mamas, this is a problem. You're going to have baby mama drama. Things right. that you have to think about when you're dating online. And you have to be, you have to, you have to be courage, I guess, ladies. You have to be courage enough to, to, to bring those things. Uh, I, have, I have kids. You don't have kids in that. That's an issue for you. And that's a, that's a, a deal breaker, right? Tanisha and, and Lakeisha, that, that would be a deal breaker for me. If we can't deal with iPad, I got kids, then we can't connect. That's just not, nothing against you. That's right. Not, right, that's not going to work for me um, at the end of the day. Um, but as the, what Lakeisha was saying is that, like, I go to work and I go to the gym, and those are the two places that I normally go. So it's hard for me to meet other people. Um, not organically So go, being online is, is easier for me But I sure. also have to have higher walls Because I am online So there's nothing wrong with it Sure. You ladies want to finish up with your follow up Okay so I want to finish, um, and again, listen, I owe you all something. I owe you all staying on as long as you have. And 
audiences. We really appreciate that. So I want to start with you, um, uh, Yanni, to talk about your uh, your business and um, people who want to reach out or even if they want to follow you or know you on social media. Um, you've got to take as much time as you want. Um, Yanni, the, the platform is yours. Okay. I have to tell you, the static is nerve-wracking, but we're going to make it work. So, hola, mommies and daddies. I'm your DJ and dance junkie. So, um, you can find me on all my social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. And the keyword is DJ Dime. Um, I have a counseling business. You can call. Uh, you can ask me questions at www.thedjdime.com. Um, I also will be having um, my own little radio post. It'll be on Fridays at 9:30 uh, Pacific Standard. Is that Pacific? No, it's Eastern. Sorry, Eastern Standard, um, 8:30 Central. So you're welcome to tune into that. And if you have questions or concerns, please hit the, the chat box below, and we can maybe work that into the first segment. Uh, and uh, Yoni, um, we're going to end it there, and uh, um, other uh, guests will be uh, added to it. I thank you so much for your time, and thank you for your patience. Thank you for the static, uh, and I will definitely uh, be talking to you very soon. Thank you so very much uh, for your time, ma'am. Yeah, no problem. Have a good day. You too. Uh, and if you miss any part of our broadcast, make sure you go to our website, um, thebasslernews.airtime.pro, thebasslernews.airtime.pro, and you can listen to any of our shows. Uh, our show is on 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. Eastern Time at thebasslernews.airtime.pro. Follow us on Facebook at Pad Nation, Pad Nation 2, at Twitter, Instagram, as well. Thank you so very much uh, for listening.